I feel like I'm alone. I feel like I'm unknown to the world that's full of clones. My originality's focused on principalities broken. I'm loading my heart and soul to the game that's scared to pay it back. Confession is a motherfucker. The strength to go on and believing in another sucker. Oh, check it out, ladies and gentlemen. We have a round table full of folks that was not on CP time. We was all early. We all here. We clocked in. As you can see from the background, this is the Gentleman's Talk Father's Day special because you guys know that we have Father's Day around the corner. All of us will be out of commission on that particular day because we have terrorists that run our lives and mothers that want to make us feel special for a day. So Do I am the CEO of Bonus Dads Incorporated. As you can see, they call me Mr. GQ. I am your boy, DJ Michael B. Platinum Car member of Fuck Around and Find Out. I had to change it just for today. That's what I'm talking about. So as you can see, we have a beautiful round table of gentlemen. Of course, you guys see Mr. Troy, the CEO of From the Sidelines himself. It just only made sense to bring this, this wonderful father on. This beautiful light-skinned gentleman underneath me that you see is actually my brother. This is Mr. Josh himself. He called himself Outlaw Prime today, so we'll talk about that here in yeah, a little bit. from back in the day. I, just, I need hey. a pseudonym. Hey, nothing wrong with that. I'm with it. And then below Mr. Troy, you see this very astute gentleman here for those who have been around us for a long time and heard the audio podcast you have heard us when we have read this man's stuff off this is mr noble himself in the flesh so we have a writer we got a businessman we have got an all-around man and mr troy of course you know the resident dj and you've got myself but you have got a group of fathers today so today we're going to do what we do best and we are going to unmask fatherhood as a whole so <laughs> As you can see with these four gentlemen here, you've got a wide variety of different fatherly types. So you've got myself that is what you would call I'm a biological father and I'm a stepfather all at the same time, just like my brother below me and sounds like just like Troy as well. So we came into relationships, we acquired a bonus child and then we had another child. So we get to wear both hats. It's not an easy task, but it is what it is. So I want to get us started with probably i don't know how often you guys think about this but we're going to find out we're going to go around the room and find out so i'll start with you troy when you first found out that you had a child on the way what was your initial reaction yeah i gotta think back Look, oh you, man you act like you act like you nick cannon or something with 12 kids <laughs> when i first found out how did i feel well i always wanted to be a family man so it was it was an easy decision for me i was just talking to one of my exes and she was like you always wanted a family. I wasn't ready for that. So when my girl finally told me, once you find out, oh, I was happy as hell. I mean, I get to I get to be better than my father. You know, that was always the, the goal for me was to be a family man, uh, take the things that I did learn from my dad and my parents, because I grew up with my dad and my grandmother, not my mom. Uh, so I took the things I learned from them, and I wanted to not apply them. I wanted to find better ways to apply them, ways to make those lessons that I learned better of a teaching for me so i can teach that to my kids so once i found out she was pregnant oh man it was it was over for there for me i want more but you want the big you want the you want the whole football team you want the franchise um, don't you i always said growing up i wanted to start in lineup mm. Mm. A a star star lineup. Okay, you are right, right. Like, wait a minute, we talking football, football soccer basketball <laughs> <laughs> I need the I need the front twelve. Oh, <laughs> I need the front. Oh shit! Oh, Mr. Noble man, what about you? He said, "What happened now?" So, what about you, Mr. Noble? These fruit snacks cost too much. We having all these kids, man. Exactly. Hey man, that's what you go to Costco for, man. You buy them shits in bulk. 
And, and don't be blaming your kids because you eat them too. Don't be blaming your kids because you eat them too. Listen, fruit snacks is busting. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I need, I need, I need people to sell like the bigger bags that you can find in like the corner stores. Yeah, I need well, that just, to be like the standard. Like yeah, right well, next just, to the kids' fruit snacks, you got the adult size fruit snacks. I'm with facts. Look. <laughs> I got a box of the Welch's fruit snacks at my office right now. That's my that's my go-to when I'm done my when I'm in my intermittent fasting and it's time to start eating. Ooh, it's time. Fruit snacks. Yep. Gone. So it's like that. I had to I had to take them to work because my daughter would have already snatched them already. So, <laughs> right. Right. So Mr. Noble, uh, what about you, man? For initial reactions when you when you first found out you were gonna become a father. Oh man, I was excited. Um our story is a little different. Um, we definitely were trying one thing set up, trying to prepare. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, when it finally actually happened, yeah, I was I was over the moon. Definitely over the moon. What about you, my brother? What was your initial reactions? Man, so we actually planned for Alyssa, and I thought it was going to take much longer than it did. But, you know, about two months of trying, she hit me out of the, you know, told me, like, hey, babe, I think it's happening. We took the test, and, you know, it was positive, And I was over the moon. I was happy. Like Mr. Troy said, like, you know, I always wanted to be a father and a family man, too, and yeah. wanted to be a better dad than my dad. Not to say that I don't love our dad, but just right. want to be a better dad, you know. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm with that. I, at this, If I would have had kids 10 years ago, I would have told you that I was the furthest thing from ready because that was not in the cards. That was not what I thought. I was, I was like, no, like I was having way too much fun and living the life of freedom, if you will. Right. But, you know, of course, now, you know, being getting ready to be 34 this year. So I found out I was actually nowhere. I was nowhere near my house when I found out I was actually in Corpus. Ironically, on Veterans Day is when she told me and I was in the middle of running a COVID testing site when she <laughs> called me on Duo and showed me the um the I'm pregnant test. And I was just like, you, you called me right when I just opened up the gates and I'm at the very front of this testing site. So I'm supposed to be, you know, bringing cars and stuff in. And I'm like, I'm like stuck. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm about to have a kid. So like this lady was like, no, she was looking, she's like, are you okay? I was like, no, I, I just found out that I'm about to have a kid. And like, like you know, just kind of like had to take a break. I had to like step away from, you know, what mm -hmm. I was doing. Cause I was like, damn, I just got, I was like, damn, I'm about to have a kid. And it didn't truly me personally. I'm and it didn't, it, it didn't truly hit me until she was actually here. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we go through the motions, you know, you go through the, you go to the appointments, you know, you hear the heartbeat and it, it, it got real when the heart, when you heard the heartbeat for the first time, it definitely hurt. It got real, but it was when she was here is when I finally felt that feeling that I guess they always say that we finally felt. And, right. and Micah, you'll understand this being the, 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 you know, the music men that we are. So I actually, I have now because of, and this is this will lead into my second question. I actually now have an emotional connection with a song that I used to listen to all the time, but like now when I hear it, it actually borderline brings me to tears. It actually did bring me to tears for, <clears throat> you know, the first time, you know, cause I was actually being, being the most of us are from Texas. I went to go get tacos for breakfast. That's what I was doing. And I played and I played the song in the car and I started literally playing like the, in, her entire life played in my head through this song. And it's actually Darius Rucker's won't be there. won't be like this for long. It's one of the most now most emotional songs I've ever heard in my life. Cause I can't not hear that song and be like, man, this song is gonna make me cry every time I hear it. Now it's like I'll probably play that at my daughter's wedding when she gets married. That's probably what's gonna happen. But that was, you know, my little story. So now I want to bring that into our second question. Now is like, when did it finally hit you? 
you know, when your your son or your daughter was finally born? Like, when when did it actually just hit you that damn, I'm this this is I have a tiny person. You know, this is this is me. You want me to start again? It don't it don't even matter. Um, so like I said, for me, I always wanted kids. So I mean, once I got the news that you know she was pregnant, my my thing was make sure she's she's as healthy as she can be, so the baby is as healthy as she can be. So um, following the process all through that, I understand she's healthy. I understand her healthy. I think the the moment yeah. I realized is when my girl shot her shot her out. That's when seeing the doctors hold her, take her away in the corner. I think that's when you if I really said I'm like, all right, I'm a dad now, bro. So I like for me. It was a fast process. My my girl went to the doctor, which we blamed the doctor. The doctor was like, "Yo, do you want do you want me to bust your membrane?" And we was like, "Nah," but we think she did it already, because not an hour after we got home, I started to do laundry. I came back because I'm not a guy that stays at the laundry when I do laundry. I put the laundry and I leave. I come back, put it in the dryer. I come back, grab my. So I go. I come back. My girl like, "Yo, I think." My water, bro. I'm like, what? Run to the laundromat, grab the wet clothes, and slamming them in the bag. <laughs> no, the bag downstairs. <laughs> Run to the hospital. Bro, we was in the hospital maybe 20, 25, 30 minutes before the baby came out. Like, shot out. And I'm I'm following the doctors around the room, like, watching them do everything, play with the percentage. Like, I'm watching everything. So I think at that moment is when I realized, like, all right, I'm a dad. Damn. Yeah, my man was doing so laundry. <laughs> So my story is kind of crazy too. So we had um, some little issues that just needed to be monitored throughout the pregnancy, right? And so at this time I was working from home for Chipotle, Chipotle. And so we had been dealing with this for a couple of months now, right? A few months, like she would go, she would get monitored, whatever. Um, my first star is very stubborn, even in the womb. Um, and so she wouldn't do the movements that they needed, whatever. So they're like, all right, we're going to admit you to look at you. And then usually she would be out, you know, so kind of same thing happened this day, but this day I was like, you know what? They're offering four extra hours of overtime. I'm going to take it because you know, everything should be okay. So then, you know, we were there, we were there and then they were, she was just like, yep, they're admitting me. We're like, all right, we've been here before. Right. So I'm getting off at 11 PM. Right go up to the hospital thinking everything is kosher like you know i'm gonna go up there i'm gonna get her we're gonna come home whatever she was like you want to rest or anything i'm up watching basketball and stuff i'm just like now nah, i'll sleep when we get home about 45 minutes later the nurse is busting the room like yeah it's happening right now and i'm like what do you mean right now like right now right now start throwing gowns at me and stuff and it was at that moment that it hit me like wait it's showtime it's game time like so yeah, so same same as Troy said, once she was born or whatever, I was following the doctors around the room with the warmer and everything, make sure that they was doing everything correctly. Um, so yeah, it was it was pretty early on. All right. So I feel like for me, much like y'all, it wasn't really real until the day of, you know, women, they gotta grow the baby. So they feel everything that's going on for the whole, you know, the whole 40 weeks, what have you. But we just see it. We just look at it. It's like, okay, this is happening. But it don't really resonate with us until that baby is here. And my child, she was a C-section. And that, that's a whole weird procedure to seeing that happen. But they pulled her out. And she was like kind of a weird blue color. And it's because she had fluid in her lungs. So she couldn't breathe properly. So my first few seconds with my child is like, Hey, yo, chief, that um, you got some issues going on. You know, we're going to take care of this, but don't freak out. And it's like, 
hold up now she ain't breathing correctly I'm, I'm i'm supposed to freak out you know right this one that got real to me was like seeing that my child is here but she already have an issue she's fine now of course but just in that moment it's like oh this is like real life life or death this is my child and just yeah yeah no, no. I remember seeing that little that little terrorist for the first time, and I was like, "Man, she's cute." And you know, you flash forward to now, and uh, me, me and my brother, we have we have dubbed our two daughters the Terror Squad because that is who and what they are. When they get together, they got their own language. They they talk to each other. They they love each other. But boy, they run their daddies pure fucking crazy. I agree. I agree. That's the perfect name. Yeah. It is. I see. Goat asked me about my tacos, and man, I'm I'm a classic man. So you know, I'm a I'm a chorizo and egg guy, especially for breakfast, man. That's that's the OG classic breakfast taco. Give me that Ooh, green, man. that orange sauce, and you know, it's nice on and popping. Like yeah, I keep it real simple when it comes to my tacos. I don't I don't deviate I got, too far. I got a question for y'all because you know I'm the only one. Here. I, I don't have kids, so I got I got I got a couple. I got got some questions. I just want to ask you. Be a bonus dad one of these days. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, my first question is. Do do you all remember? Well, Jeremy brought it up, but do y'all three remember exactly where you were when you found out you were going to be a dad? Yes. Where were you? Uh, at my house in the hallway, standing outside the bathroom. About the same as Noble. She was in the restroom. I was in the hallway. She came out, told me, and yeah. You said where was what? I'm sorry. Where were you when you found out you were going to be a father? Like when she first told me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I might have to run in the room and ask her. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that, bro. Don't like, do that. Like, fuck around and fight you. So here's my second question. I think this one would probably be easier. What was uh y'all's perception of what you thought it was going to be like compared to what it actually is being a father those first couple of months? That's a that's one um, question, Michael. I, I can answer that one. Um, I thought because you know a lot of people when they first have a baby, oh, you don't get no sleep. You're not gonna do this. You're not gonna be able to do that. The baby gonna be up all the time. Nah, like if you have a system like between you and your girl, it works so easy. Like yo, it's your night to get up. All right, I got it. Don't worry about it. Even on some nights that it was, I'll just take the baby. Girl, you know. But my daughter was a little a little weird when she was uh when she was young because it it'd be a full month she wouldn't let me she wouldn't let me hold her. And then the next month she wouldn't let my girl hold her. I could only hold her. So it, it kind of fluctuated, but it was it was easy because we both were on the same page. I will say that um for me it was kind of wild because not to say my wife wasn't there for you know periods of time, but it's like I was working from home and she had to go to work physically and daycare was expensive. So I ended up keeping the baby and working at the same time. So it's kind of wild having to be a primary caretaker for a, a newborn infant, what have you, when that's typically, you know, a woman's responsibility, quote unquote. And Jeremy can relate where it's like, you know, Ashley works a lot and he's with Calissa, you know, most of the time. So, you know, having to fit into a role that you're not geared towards at all, wasn't trained for, it's kind of wild. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Noble. Uh, I was just going to say, um, I think the time expectation, right? Because you know about, you know, the feedings, the diapers, you know, the, I don't know, the main stuff, right? But you don't think about, especially in this day and age, 
Because, okay, rewind. A lot of us learn where we're going in fatherhood by watching other fathers before us, right? So right. we have a problem or or not necessarily a problem. We have a hurdle, I'll say like that, that they didn't have in our cell phones, in our TVs, right? So it's those little moments when I'm looking down at my phone and my daughter done did something and she's looking at me for like approval or looking at me to like acknowledge her or something like that. And it's like, damn, I missed that moment because I was, you know, like I was here, I was physically here and I was mostly aware, but those three seconds I was looking at my phone, you know what I'm saying? Sending that text, doing whatever. I miss whatever. And now I kind of got to fake that emotion, you know, cause she's looking at me like, daddy, did you see me? Like, yeah, you know? So it's just kind of the time expectations in there. It's a lot of faked expressions. It really is. They'd be like, daddy, look at what I did. And it's like, I'm like, ooh, wow. Like, that's so right. cool. Like, I mean, like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, look at my, I'm like, ooh, wow. Yeah, like, like for me, believe it or not, so, so Josh is my younger brother, but he was the father that I watched while I was, you know, preparing to be a father. Because of our, of, we're the, because there's six of us, he's the only one that had a girl at the time. And then I brought girl number two and girl number three coming soon uh, next month, actually. So we'll finally have three girls in the mix. So I would always, you know, even like most time, it was just me simply watching him on Snapchat. Like dead ass. He wake up, he be his first snap would be at like five o'clock in the morning. He making coffee and this little girl is up watching fucking cartoons or, you know, just, you know, being extra, doing the most. And I was like, mm-hmm. damn, I'm about to get my ass handed to me. Like this, this was going through my head. Like, you know, I'm just like, damn. All right, I can do this, but you know, I'm just living. Literally, I'm living vicariously through my brother. Like, all right, I, I, I can do this, but I know it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. And you know, it's just like Troy said, you know, you kind of have to have a system. And then, oh, speaking of siblings, there go our, there go one of our sisters right there. What's going on, Jen? Hey. But um, it, you know, and it's like like Micah said, you know, we I have a unique situation because my wife works nights. She's she works overnight. She's in the medical field. So once we got past that initial. Uh, six to seven weeks, give or take, you know, it was a lot of, you know, at night I'm dealing with the, you know, she of course was in the bassinet, you know, attached to the bed, you know, I'm every 30 minutes, you're like, Hey, you good? You know, uh-huh. you're like making sure to make sure the chest rise and, you know, you know, all the little shit, you know, you're like, all right, I'll make sure she's good. Uh-huh. But you know, with her working nights now, I had to be the one to be like, all right, I'm gonna make this decision. All right, it's time to put her in her crib. I was like, she's not finna sleep in this goddamn room all all through this time. Like, she eventually got to start being independent. And I was like, all right, I might have to sacrifice some sleep, but we're gonna get it done. So, you know, there was just it was like a Thursday, and I was like, you know what, we're gonna try this. So, I put her in there, had the monitor on deck, same monitor that I got going right next to me right now. And you know, I'm just like, every five minutes, I'm like, she good? Okay, she good? Okay. Like, I'm just like, I was paranoid for like the first forty eight hours because I was like, man, you know. But her room is literally right across from ours. But like, you know, as time went on, I'm like hindsight being 2020, I'm like, thank goodness that, you know, we got her out of that habit so early because now days like this, I'm like, look, she in her crib. She ain't bothering me. If she needs something, she know where the camera at. She look at it. She looked at it. That camera like a little creeper. <laughs> Daddy, dad, I'm like, no, no, go to sleep because I can, you know, it's two way, two way communication. I'm like, man, you better take your ass back to sleep. Mike, Mike, know he's been in my house enough. He knows me and that little girl talk a lot of shit to each other. Oh man, that was gonna bring me to my third question, bruh. Before your kid could talk, I've watched this man for the past year argue with his kid, and she cannot talk. How many arguments did you have your Kevin Hart moment? Like, who the hell you think you're talking to? 
Exactly, yeah. I don't, oh. I don't know. My, my daughter was kind of a happy girl. I don't. I didn't start really getting into like little arguments with her till now. <laughs> till she, she turned five, dad. Then it's like, oh man, now she got words and she got to use them. And I told her mind her business three days straight. She running through the house. Dad, mind your business, daddy. Mind your uh-huh. business. Wow. <laughs> Dad just need to mind his business. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's it now, which I never really she went but she she talked at an early age. So she talked young. Dad, I think I don't remember if mama or dad was the first. Well, I believe it was dad. Um I'm just gonna go with that because I'm here right now. Um <laughs> but yeah, it was mostly mostly now. Then she was a happy kid, she played with her toys, she always had a mouth on something. Now that that was it. Yeah. I think all of our kids try to eat shit all the time. Yeah, no, my child, my child definitely wants to do what she wants to do when she wants to do it. Even before she could really walk and talk, like she was trying right to one figure out how to get on the couch. Like she could climb the couch for real before she could for real walk. Like how do you figure out climbing before you figure out walking? Yes. Um, it's like get off yeah. the couch. It's literally like, no, I'm gonna flip off the couch. Like, no, you can't head flip first. off the couch, but I want to. No. Like, no. Head first, no regard for life. No, hey G, GQ, pop that rate you up up on the screen for me. Pop the what? The rate you. Oh, got you. That, that's my girl. She in the room listening to everything. Oh, I okay. Said. I just want y'all to know she. Hey, she said the girl's rough. Yeah. Hey, I feel you, because I know me and my brother Job, we are 100 girl dads. So yeah, it's. it's See, but yeah. I blame myself though, because when my dad. daughter was young, like she don't like heights now. But when she was young, I used to choke slim all the time, bro. She used to love being choked slim. Now. I think she got rough because of me. I used to always play rough, but she used to love it as a like a little baby, but now she just can't stand it. So I haven't done it to her like a year, I think. It's been like a year. She's just like, nah, you can't do that stuff to me no more. I don't like being up there towards the ceiling. You tall, you can be up there, but leave me down here, Dad. <laughs> I give no fucks. I'll be treating my daughter like straight Simba. I'll be circle <laughs> life in that ass. Like, no, nah, man, like we... Like Mike, Michael will tell you is like when she, cause she, you know, and I blame Coco Melon Punk ass for this. You know, started teaching them sign language first, so you know they start talking to you, you know, talking about some more and all this other shit. I'm like, you want more yeah. what? You just say more, more what? What you want? You want some juice? You want some snacks? Like, you know, what the fuck you want? But there'd be days when me and Michael would be getting ready to record the pod, and I'd be getting ready to put her down, and she just start talking. Mind you, she only got about ten words at this time and a bunch of sign language. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about? So me and her literally arguing like in, like a whole ass debate. Over nothing, because we have no idea what each other's saying, really and truly. But I'm like, well, either way, you can take this bottle and you finna go to bed. That's what's finna happen. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna lose this battle. And and sure enough, that's pretty much how it would go. And I've seen it even with my brother, like his his daughter, she she pushes the envelope. She is a professional at envelope pushing. And she will yeah. push that bitch to the very end where it's just doing like this. It ain't falling, it's just it's hanging, and she will push it as far as possible. And I don't I don't know how he does it sometimes. Um, a lot of this. <laughs> See, mine is the other thing. I don't try to do much of that. Mine is the other thing. You feel me? Yeah. Hey, we all I gotta go message. smoke a pack after the day. I'd be in the bathroom like, yo, should I roll another one? Say, bro, Cat William said you hit that one time, you get that fucking in your system, and it's over. No, nah, nah, something he lied to you. He tell you the truth. Sometimes it takes two or three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting you, sis. Hell I'm no. need two or three of them. 
Then you be like, yeah, I gotta participate in the Olympics one time. I'm right at the fucking I need right now. I'm right at the fucking I need right now. That's equivalent to a half a pint of whiskey. You know, you know what I'm saying? Oh shit. But um, serious answer though. Um, Jr. Dad actually told me this. He was like, "Son, you don't have to say no to everything. Sometimes you be telling your kids no, and you be like, yeah. why? And it's like, why? Fuck, why? No, right. just no, just just no." And my dad was like, "No, you ain't gotta be uh, authoritarian for no reason. If they want to go outside and they underwear and eat cereal on the porch, fucking let them." Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's a real story. I've let her do that before because she wanted. So I was like, "There's no real reason to say no to this. It's weird, but right, right." Yeah. And that's- you know, that's the, that's the thing. I'm glad you, you said that because that's something that I saw even before I was a parent. I'm like, man, I'm not doing that. Like people in our generation, like they have just this adversarial relationship with their kids for no reason. Like they just want to, like you said, just say no for no reason, like because they have the power to say no. And it's like, that's not right. Like, you know, like kids are basically little people. Right. And it, I mean, it, it, burns my parents and my grandparents up when I tell them this, but it's just like, no, like, you and my daughter have conversations about what she is and, like, what she wants to do, what she doesn't want to do, you know what I'm saying? Like, we'll give her choices, like, all right, you're gonna put on the shoes, but which shoes do you want to put on? Whereas a lot of parents are like, nah, you're putting on the shoes that I just grabbed because you're putting on shoes. Like, no, you bought them four pairs of shoes, like, let them pick out of the four pairs of shoes, like. Yeah. I think we're the same musty Crocs until they get too small. And then yeah. you got to buy the exact same ones and one size up. Now that's you what and, I, you, I bought. You, you and I are guilty of that already, John. We I, didn't I, bought a, I bought her two pairs and her mother bought a pair, so she can pick three pairs yep. she got plus the shoes and sneakers. But I, I, I like what you said, Noel, because one thing I know my, my girl probably don't see me do this a lot because my girl works uh, late when I get home. But a lot of times my daughter come home with a little attitude. And instead mm-hmm. of me always yelling at her or trying to correct her, I'll take her right in her room, sit her down, and I'll talk to her. Because mm-hmm. I didn't have that as a kid. You know, yeah. I got that after I got my ass whipped. Exactly. Right. I got the talking after that. I don't want to talk no more. And I had to right. tell my dad that. Like, I don't want to talk to you no more after you done beat me. Talk to me before you beat me. Right? Yeah. Let's let's not get to the beat. How about you find out how I'm feeling before? So not I don't I don't I gotta get better at it, but a lot of times I find myself pulling her aside and just explaining things to her and just uh, making sure she understands it before I move exactly. on throughout my day. Because, like I said, they do have feelings. Like, what we do is we mold them to have opinions, to be able yeah, to, yeah. to dis- uh, choose and decide for themselves. Like, yeah, we could guide them in the right direction, um, but that doesn't mean we need to control it the whole way. I totally yeah. agree. So, like, yeah, basically she, that. She's not right? going outside with the underwear on, no. <laughs> she, she, I don't know where you live at, but I live in the hood. She got to put some damn pants on, and she needs some shoes just in case we got to run. Right. <laughs> but to go off of that, it's just like you gotta look at it like feelings, right? It's mm-hmm. like they experience the same feelings that we do, and we expect them to manage their feelings sometimes better than adults do. Like, think about the number of times that you done snapped off irrationally at traffic, and you know what I'm saying? Whatever the case may be. I know I'm guilty. That's why I brought up traffic. I know I'd be cussing out traffic. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like be wishing that this was, twi- I don't know who else played Twisted Metal, but wishing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Twisted Metal. Oh, is, look, listen, you, know, you got. It's right. four dad gamers right here in this conversation. I, I, that's, that's a whole other part of my conversation we'll talk about that. in a little bit. I was going to say that. A lot that got me through, not because you know, a lot that got me through, like, I know, I think I told GQ this. It was like, how did you find time to play your game with your daughter? She sat right on my chest while I played 2K. Mm-hmm. All right? You find ways, all right? Go ahead. Yeah. yeah but, you know, <laughs> you can't expect... Yep. Yeah, like, we can't expect the children to manage their feelings 
you know, when they don't even understand what feelings are, right? They can't correlate what the feeling that they're feeling is to a word, yet we expect them to, oh, sit still or, oh, bottle it up. or Like, no, like they deserve to be taught through their difficult emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only, only and, and everything you said is 100% right. We just, it, it's, for us as, as fathers, it's, it's, a, it's difficult when they're toddlers because they don't have full ways of expression. Their only ways of expression is to scream at you or, or the point, Bye. the notorious fucking point. I'm like, what are you pointing at? Like, I don't know what's way up there, but I'm going to climb up here. And I'm like, you want this? I'm like, no. Like, that, that's the thing. Like, that's what my daughter does to my wife right now. It's like, she'll watch something on TV and she'll be like, I want to watch this. So she'll click on it and start and she'll be like, no, no. She'll make my wife change it like 5,000 times. But I got a point about that, Jeremy. When we yeah. was kids, what was on TV was on TV. It wasn't mm-hmm. no like yeah. going to school. And so look, I watched soap operas. One piece. Facts. Facts. Like, days are our lives. Hey, like, the vintage. I, yeah, look, Young and the Restless. That was what I grew up on. Young and the Restless. Like, like, I knew all the characters at Young and Victor well, Newman was my guy. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro, Victor was a G, bro. Like, my grandmother like, in the room. My, my grandmother in the room watching her Hong Kong flicks that's not in English with no subtitles. Right. Hey, look, that's me right now. I'm a grown ass man. I gotta sit the grandma. What they say? I don't know. I get the gist of it. Okay, so I'm supposed to know. You yeah, must have had a real Caribbean upbringing in America, bro. <laughs> like that's just how it is, but like with like so the difference is funny because like when it's me and my daughter and I'll put something on and she'll be like, no, I was like, well, this is what we're watching. You picked it. You're going to watch it. And I'm, I sit down. I sit on the couch and I wait. Five minutes later, she forget that she said no. And she magically start watching this shit. I'm like, sometimes. And it's funny. I read this in a um, in a child psychology book because I was really trying to learn some stuff prior to my yeah. daughter coming. I was like, let me just read some stuff. And the biggest thing I caught from this book was about stress. Stress is huge. And that's one of the few things that that infants and toddlers can pick up on is stress. Like when you yell at them, when you say things a certain way, they, they pick up and they react in the way that you react to them. Like, obviously, if you yell, they don't yell back, but they react via crying. Or what they will do is they cry because they know something's wrong. They cry because it's a way for them to express, hey, something's wrong, I just can't really tell you. But then right. when they cry and you yell at them, you've you officially added to the problem. Right. Like, you've made the problem worse. Now, granted, most times kids want to be picked up and, you know, soothed and all that good fancy stuff. Other times, it might actually be something wrong, and you kind of have to you know, play detective here and be like, all right, what the fuck's going on? What happened in the last 10 minutes? All right, she was climbing up on this. Maybe she bumped her knee. All right, let me touch her knee and see what happened. Like, you know, you're like trying to assess everything. Right. And then there's, you know, sometimes like in, in my in my situation, like sometimes mom will, you know, mom will hold her for too long. And I'm like, see, I'm not trying to do that. I was terrified of that. I was like, I will not hold my daughter for extended period of time because then I'll never be able to put her down. Mm-hmm. Every time you turn around, they're going to be attached to your, your hip. Yeah, and like when I witnessed, yeah, the first time I witnessed separation anxiety was with my brother. We were he was moving to the place he lives now, and we was moving a couch, a whole ass couch. We was moving the couch out of his apartment, and we started to pick it up and go towards the door. His daughter lost her shit, ran and grabbed her Crocs, and followed us all the way to the moving truck. Mm. Like I was like, oh man, I was like, man, I hope my daughter does not have that. Like that is crazy. Like I don't like, but it's it's just like. Things as fathers, you continue to learn, you know, as they get older, you're like, she has her days. Like I say, most days she don't want shit to do with me. Keep it a fuck. When, my, when, when my mom at home, she don't want shit to do with me. But now that you know she's been sick, she's been on my chest like a motherfucker. Like, Daddy's been, little girl, when they get you sick, know, they're not exactly. Good. Like, she has not left my mama, side. Let she, mama yell at them. Oh, daddy, love daddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. 
My daughter just told me, "Mommy, my favorite." I said, "I don't care." You <laughs> <laughs> gonna cry in the car? <laughs> no, my girl. Came home. My girl came home and we. I was on the bed and she comes over. And my daughter comes over and she trying to get on the blanket. I said, "Nah, get out of here. Go bother your mother. She your favorite." I took all the blanket. And just, <laughs> she said, "Dad, give me some blanket." I said, "No, mommy, your favorite. Get out of here, bro." Just Betty. Yeah. Hey, sometimes sometimes petty go a long way, man. Sometimes it just be like that. Hey, I'm a I'm a jokester, so she got to get it too. I'm a troll. You know that? Oh hey, yeah, you. Nah, I know that. She ain't a privy to get trolled. No, I'm 100 man. These, these, trolls, these trolls, these jokes, these are already e for everyone. Like you all get it the same. Like I don't care who you are, what you are, you mm-hmm. all get it. Like we can get invaded by aliens. I'm roasting them motherfuckers too. Oh, like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Why they sucking me in the space? You I'm know, like, the fuck. What kind of head is that? Like, bro, this whole body is one of those. What's this busted ass vessel you don't pull it up in? You gonna pull it right. something nice? Like, <laughs> so, you sucking me up into a vacuum? Yeah, well, like, hey man, at least at least make sure it's a Dyson if you're gonna suck me up on right. it. Right. You know, like, you know? <laughs> They're gonna take us back to a planet and beat the shit out of us. <laughs> <laughs> nah, these niggas ain't going nowhere. Bring them over here. We saw that good shit. You was talking a second ago. Hey, the amount of fucks I give is none. Oh, man. <laughs> right. Listen, like, we did. Man. So, oh, man. The, the beautiful thing, like, I, I was. You know, me and Mike had talked about this, and we we plan a lot of these these special shows. And it's always like, look, the the characters and the the people we bring on make make the shows the way they go. So with and and Troy hinted on it, so I'm kind of bringing it all to light now. Is like with these these four fathers we have, we have four gamer dads who all game. You got three of the four of us that also stream because Mr. Noble also is another resident streamer as well. He does he does his thing on on the YouTube game. He sends me his stuff all the time. He's also a writer, just like uh, me and Micah as well. He does. He sends me this stuff every Monday. It's phenomenal stuff. Um, so make sure, you know, I, I need to start sending back to you, Micah, like I usually I used to be reading them because he sent them to me when I'm at work. And I'll be at the office and I'll be like, all right, I can start my day now. I got my, you know, got my my, na- my Monday noble wisdom. You know what I'm saying? So, and then, you know, we have the you know, the unique situation. Like my brother, he he's a he's a hybrid job. He works from home and he kind of works in the office. He kind of does like like both. So he kind of has essentially the most flexibility amongst all of us i know troy your situation's a little unique because of your you know your injury but before that you was you was not working from home no i was so. at work yeah yeah so the be- the beauty of why i bring all that up is like this when we when we initially got you know i know we're all avid let's say we're all avid gamers so it's like when when did when did you learn how to build gaming into your your normal schedule? Like when you I know of course we know at the very beginning you know the kids sleep a lot but then the schedules be all over the fucking place. Like they be all over the place. You kind of have to find that like, all right, I got thirty minutes now. Mind you, like me me and Josh and, and Troy, you know we can't you can't squeeze no battlefield game in no thirty minutes. That shit ain't happening. You, you gotta you gotta have your backup games for <laughs> thirty yeah. minutes. Really. Yeah, like, you know I'm taking like an hour. I'm telling you, so you know, you know, it'd be a whole lot of a lot of Far Cry and you know a lot of Star Wars, something I can I can pause real quick and you know yeah, you, can't, you, ain't, you ain't pause yeah. you ain't pausing no live ass game in Battlefield, get your ass you, killed. Get your ass tonight. Hey, <laughs> like, you, you pause in Battlefield, you come yeah. back, you got twenty deaths. Hey, I just went on there two when I left. Had two when I KD is negative four, like they done kicked you out the game. Like get out of here. You don't need to be in here. But nah. So with my first daughter, it was pretty easy. Um, she went to sleep. She still kind of goes to sleep on a schedule-ish, goes to bed on a schedule-ish. Around or in the early days, around six o'clock, seven o'clock, it was over with. 
Um, and my wife, she always wants to lay down. She's always cool laying down. So, you know, that was kind of when the gaming happened. But with my second daughter, like, yeah, that schedule is definitely kind of shifted. Kind of, again, with that time commitment I was telling you guys about, like, you know, that 7 o'clock, <clears throat> just leaving, you know, leaving them in there trying to go to sleep and playing the game. Like, that's, that no longer cuts it with two kids. So, uh, the second child is the hardest. The first child, like, yeah, whenever they go to sleep at night, like, yeah. Uh, something I put my brother on it's not a it's not a healthy habit at all, but it's called revenge revenge procrastination. Where basically, because your whole day is wrapped around working and taking care of other people, this that the third, you stay up till two, three, four o'clock in the morning to get your time back, and that's what I did for a long time. I'd be up like at the crack of dawn, just playing the game, just get some peace and quiet. Mm-hmm. My girl and the baby behind me sleeping. I'm playing 2K with the TV on too. They can't hear it. Yeah. I can't hear it either, but I don't care. <laughs> it, it's never, it's never changed for me. I, gaming has never changed for me. I'm not that much of a game. It's never changed for me. And I, I have a stepson, but he was, he's, a, he's older. By the time I had my daughter, he was, I think, seven, six, seven. So he's a little, he's a lot older. So it wasn't much attention. He already knew what he liked and, and was into. So it's like, give him these things. He didn't want to be bothered. When she came along, it was just like you said, finding time to, to fit it in. But it was like at night was like two, three o'clock in the morning. I'm up playing 2K until I feel like I'm satisfied. And I'm like, all right, I got to go to sleep because then I got to get up in the morning, feed her, do this, do that, do that. So, yeah, it was just for me getting where you fit in. Now it's like, oh, I'm playing. Yeah. You, know, you, you ain't stopping me from playing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it definitely. At the, at the beginning, it was like, thank goodness for, for headphones. Because mm-hmm. you can plug the headphones in, can't hear shit. And if she was taking a nap, I bet, just like Troy said, you know, say she gonna be on my chest, and we finna get this battlefield in. Like fuck the bullshit. Like I'm getting this game in. Like I didn't, I didn't spend the money like I did to get this PS5 to just let that bitch collect dust. We're not, we're not doing that. That's not the yeah. business we in. We just, you know, we we have to find a way to, you know, get those whatever it is that we do. You know, because besides being a gamer, you know, I, I live, I love the gym as well. So like, while before my daughter was even here, right next door to my office, I, I built the gym inside the house because I didn't know if I would have the time to be able to go to the gym and actually do it like i'm accustomed to like you know getting in the car pulling up going to the gym because i wasn't finna bring no no infant to the to the little child care thing i was like hell no i don't know any of these fucking people like that's just kind of weird so i was like fuck it i'm gonna put a little investment together and that shit i think i spent yeah i think now with the newer equipment i got now i think my gym was about 3100 bucks to to build my gym in your house it it is Uh, you know what Hearing this kind of makes me be like, damn, y'all hobbies, your hobbies are your gaming. I DJ, bro. So the day I have a kid is going to be like, damn, what am I going to do to get reps in it for DJing? Because I'm going to have to do it while they're awake. So what's going on, Mr. Mob? You just got to find a balance. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of got to find a balance. Yeah, have a, having a supportive partner is is pretty much everything, especially when it comes to something, you know what I'm saying, like that. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, at least, you know what I'm saying, at least for the first seven, eight years, right? Because then after that, you can start taking them with you. And then, yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah. So for like, you know what I'm saying, tell your partner, lock, hey, listen, lock in for the first seven years, and then they come with me and learning something of the business they learn in networking they learn in the actual djing they learn in promote they learn in something with me you know what i'm saying but the first seven years just helped me out here yeah so. even now like my my office my office is also in my casino is also you know her playroom so you if you've seen the last couple episodes folks you've seen you know my daughter has made her guest appearances on wednesdays and on fridays because 
normally like kind of like Mr. Noble said, we, we have them on a schedule. Mine is notoriously notoriously usually down by 730. Sometimes that is not the case. It right. just depends on how she feels on that particular day. But we also break the schedule. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. My man saying playing Fallout, playing Fallout 4. That's what I'm talking about. That's 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 a good game right there. Man, I ain't played Fallout in a minute. That was that's a classic. I only but, um, played one and you only played one? I played Fallout Four. I think it was one of them. I played and I was just like it was too much. It is, it is a lot. It is, it is like much. an over. It is like an overload. Like it is too, it like, too much for me to just be started out. Was way too much. Way <laughs> too I think much. nowadays, as a dad, I I, I pick my games more selectively. Like if it's like a deep story mode with all kinds of side quests and takes a hundred hours to beat, I ain't gonna do it. I, I ain't got time like that no more. Uh, right. Oh, no, I'm I'm gonna do it. But not as fast as I would usually do it. I was about to say, yeah, yeah, because I did, because I do, I am playing, I did, I, I do, I have Jedi Survivor, and I just, I beat that in yep. about about a week and a half, a week and a half, two weeks. It, but it took a while. I could have probably beaten it faster, but you know, with the way the schedule and everything else goes. But now I'm going through and trying to explore all the rest, get all the stuff I didn't get because I was trying to breeze through the story. Phenomenal story if you're in the Star Wars games at all. Definitely should. You know, check I felt that game like out. that about a uh, Horizon Dawn because I'm. I love. The I was first about to Horizon. say. Yeah, you put me on. You put me on Horizon Dawn. That's, that's, that's my. That's my next the, story when to beat. I love the second game, but when you start <coughs> mixing the side missions in and these quests, and you got to go here and do these these uh what was they the the little outpost you had to find the little treasures mm-hmm. like you start mixing all that in and I got I was like y'all sat there one day and I was like. I gotta hurry up and just beat this motherfucker. So I just started doing yeah. main missions and I beat it and I have a DLC to it. A DLC. So I'm like, damn, now I'm over here like that. I need to play the DLC. <laughs> I haven't touched it. Man, see, my problem with Horizon Zero Dawn is I feel like I gotta figure out how to kill every creature in the area, like with like one, two shots before I move on. So I'm still stuck like in the second like little desert area trying to figure out how oh, to kill all them. Like and so yeah, so then mixing Call of Duty and then mixing like Pokemon, <laughs> it's just like there goes all of my time right there for anything. Yeah, I gave else. up on Call of Duty. Like, it's you I, know I gave up Call of Duty which freed up a lot more of my gaming time. So I was able to play back the new Batman that came out. Well it's not even Batman, so I was able to play the, uh, that new easy. Gotham Knight that came out. Yeah. Um, if you, you know, think Habanero sauce is spicy, he don't, he don't know no better. Okay, what else am playing right now? Not at all. He don't know no better. See, the problem is I can't give up Call of Duty because Far Cry 5. Like my own regiment on there. So I got like, I mean, I got like eight eight active people, but I think I got like 21 total members or whatever from the yeah. last modern. Yeah, but you, be, you, you use that. You, you stream for Call of Duty still, though, too, don't you? Yes, I do. Yeah, see, I, remember, I started yeah. and I gave up because it was like, Call of Duty suck, bro. So I commend you because yeah. it's not a, it's not a good game. It's not. I mean, Man. here's the thing: it's, it's it's really a game for me to connect with my friends. Friends, right? And like, so yeah, like I used to be on there playing survival tough. You know what I'm saying? I used to play multiplayer by myself, all that. You know, play with my wife, all that. But now it's kind of just like if my friends aren't on, I'm not really on the game like that because, like you said, it's not really that great of a game, and mm-hmm. it eats up so much of your time. Mm-hmm. This man Pokemon said one v one me in Pokemon Roadblocks. I feel like Call of Duty is that game. My ne- my nephew like nine and plays Roblox. Roblox. Listen, but a long time I thought, time I thought, I do have, I do have a for your 
on Sword and Shield if you want to do that. I don't have one on Scarlet and Violet yet, but I got a couple competitive teams on Sword and Shield if you really want that smoke. We can do that. <clears throat> he don't want it. What you know, he, he, he don't want that smoke. He probably I'm not, listen, I'm he, not trying he, to he, he's, a, pro, he's a professional one. he's a professional troll, so he's a professional amateur troll. Yes, professional amateur right. troll. He's he's right. he's, he's, he's the troll that's really good with the memes and the gifts, but when it comes to the words, it's a different ballgame. Yeah, that's me. So I, in other I, words, when oh, we, we were all in you. middle school and stuff, he, he wouldn't have wanted that lunchtime smoke. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I, well, you saying something about Call of Duty. I wanted to hear what you had to say. Oh, yeah, no. Like y'all said, like Call of Duty, honest to God, is not really fun, but I feel like we're so indoctrinated into buying it every year for the last 10 years your homeboy gonna get it, so you're like, man, fuck it, he getting it. I guess I'll get it, and you like, you pay, you play it begrudgingly, not because you actually fucking enjoy, it, but like, cause you, all your homeboys got it, so it's a way to connect with your homeboys. But y'all, y'all not really having a good time. Nobody wants to fucking say that though. You know what got me back? It was tw- it was 2019, cause I had quit Call of Duty, so mm-hmm. I didn't buy Black Ops Four. I, I spent that whole time not playing oh, Call yeah, of Duty. Yeah. I was playing Battlefield. I became a really mm-hmm. big Battlefield guy because I love the war scenery, everything blowing up around you, stuff like that. And then 2019 came out. And people were raving about it. And then I go play it. That, that one it's actually a, it's a good play. ass game. I'm like, oh, okay, I can get jiggy with this. But I started making content on that one. Then Cold War comes out. And I'm like, all right, Cold War is an okay game. Then uh you talking about the, Call of Duty Cold War? Yeah, Cold War was an okay game for me. I liked I liked Cold War over fucking Vanguard. Man, I didn't even Vanguard buy Vanguard. I didn't buy Vanguard. And then I was like, this is gonna be my last attempt at Call of Duty. And I bought Modern Warfare 2. So Call of Duty is going on my do not buy list. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, okay, so don't get me wrong. I do enjoy playing Call of Duty again with my friends, right? Mm-hmm. When I'm, with I don't, I'm friends, a solo player. Enjoy it. But when I'm not, you're right. Like, I'm not I'm even a solo really player. Playing. I play solo all the time. <laughs> it ain't Because here's the thing. And here's the thing is really Call of Duty has ruined online gaming for me. Because, like, so I do play 2K. I do play uh, MLB The Show. I also stream MLB The Show. But all of that is offline, right? Because mm-hmm. this Call of Duty era has made us want to only play in the meta way, the most effective tactics mm-hmm. and strategies, right? Man, and so basically, no, like, think about it. Think about it. When, you, when we was growing up, right, we'd be sitting on the couch next to each other playing a race game or something, and we would make up some stupid-ass rule like, all right, only green cars. You can only pick from the stock green cars. Yep. Or or the fighting games where like you can only you can only pick characters with a B in their name. You know, something random. And it's just something fun and goofy. Doesn't matter who wins. We having fun making up the stupid goofy rules, right? You can't do that nowadays. Now it's all about being the best, or I'm breaking my monitor. Like <laughs> that's, that's true. true. That's one hundred percent true. true. Like I think the only the last Call of Duty game I played was Warzone, and that's because it was cross platform. And mm-hmm. that's is for what is the same reasons you guys have all lived because all everybody was playing. And I was like, all right, and it was during COVID. When nobody yeah. doing shit anyway. But of course, me and my brother, we talked about it. as soon as Battlefield 2042. I was like, oh yeah, I bet. Pre-ordering the fuck out of that. 100 percent problem with Battlefield is like, man, when it launches, it'd be rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eventually it get good. It get good eventually. Because like now, see, oh, that's yeah, one it, thing it, about it's, their it's devs. right now. Their devs fix the shit out there game. Call of Duty devs don't give a shit. That's what no. that's something else that makes Call of Duty a bad game because it's like you can fix most of that shit. You can literally fix it, but they don't. They just refuse. Because people to. gonna buy it anyways, but right. they keep buying. Right. It. But the people that's gonna buy it is the streamers, the, the people that want to be like the streamers, the people that uh, you know gotta go get their hacks and their uh, their Cronus Zens to to be good in the game. That's the only people that's really buying it. Like people that even a lot of streamers are walking away from Call of Duty because it's it's like mentally they're like, yeah, I can't do this. Shit. 
mm-hmm. I can't do this. Like, I can't keep making like one of my favorite content creators, uh, I am Marksman. I'm Marksman. Like he's a, he's been making Call of Duty content for 10 years. 10 years, 10 plus years, bro. And now all of a sudden, you know, he, his channel is struggling because Call of Duty sucks. Nobody watching it. Like that's what Call of Duty is. It, it, it sucks, but that's the part of, you know, growing up and being kids and, and now being fathers and being still being gamers is like, we don't even have the same type of games our dads play with us. No. No. Not at all. The 007s, the 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 whatever whatever other game you want to say for the sixty four. My favorite game was No Mercy. Ready to Rumble, right? Ready to Rumble, right? Super Smash. Bros. No Mercy, No Mercy. Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon Stadium. My, it's my favorite wrestling game to this day. Is No Mercy. Like there's no no wrestling game that tops it. No Me and my dad did Diddy Kong Racing a couple of times, even uh, though he Diddy, sucked. Diddy Kong Racing was an OG game. Yeah, you go to PlayStation One and you got Resident Evil. Like that's a yeah. classic game. Resident Evil One, Two, and I believe Three. Or was it was it one and two? I don't remember. One, two, and three. Then you got SmackDown versus Raw. Like you had mad, like all those games changed. I used to be a big wrestling game fan too, and I stopped because they want to change everything. Yeah. yeah. So I'm actually glad you brought that up. Like games that you can play with your child and all that in relation to Call of Duty, in relation with being a dad and everything. That is my next question. <laughs> I will say this: that when my child grows up to gaming age, that is when I am. Taking a hiatus. I might not say retiring. I'm taking a hiatus because I'm not playing Call of Duty with my child. Like, that is not what we're growing up on, right? We're going to bust out the Switch. We're going to play some Mario Party. Hey, that's defined, right? Mike. We're going to play, we gonna play like, the whole Mario line, right? The Sonic mm-hmm. line. She's going to learn about Pokemon, right? If we do break out, like, a, a PlayStation, because um, I'm all Sony all day, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're playing, like, puzzle games. We're playing, like... Horizon Zero Dawn, something you know that we can do together. I got that on the Switch. You can play that on the Switch. Yeah. So yeah. So it's just like yeah. So it's just like your game, like you said, your game taste change when you become a father because it's just like to me, to me, you have to get in a specific mindset and a specific spiral. Spiral hard. Listen, I need to go get this game. That's a childhood right there, man. Spyro was another OG game, man. Like, now, and and I'm like that too. Like, I got, I have, like, I've got Mario 64 on the Switch. Like, she's, I'm going to introduce my daughter to all the OG OG classic because Switch has done a very good job of remastering the classic. They really have. Like, so, so we'll we'll definitely play those, the Crash Bandicoots. Um. From a boy DJ Michael B, you know, we'll pull out the Sly Cooper. You know, saying we'll pull out the Ratchet and Clank. You know, saying we'll pull those. Those games out. Um, for, you know, for, we start, for, you know, like we'll we'll do that because it's things we can do together. She's gonna get that smoke on Smash Bros. It's gonna happen. She might oh, well see, be ready for it. Uh Mario Kart, she's gonna get fucked up. It's just see, how it's gonna see, be. The, the one thing hey, I won't do, go down. The one thing I won't do, and this is what my son doesn't understand, right? Is I had a one of my college friends come over and she she was a girl and she wanted to play Mortal Kombat. Now, I'm not the type of guy you want to be to be your first opponent. <laughs> and yeah, any fight, and any fight, I beat the brakes off her. <laughs> my best friend is sitting there like, "Yo," and I be telling my son, "Like, bro, I'm not going to show you no mercy because you're young, you know." And like you Absolutely said, like Call not. of Duty, growing up on Call of Duty, he grew up on Fortnite. That's his favorite game. I can't, you know, I had, I couldn't when he was getting there. He, it was already there for him. So it's like, 
it's that. So I play Fortnite with him here and there, but I deleted it now because I'm not a Fortnite guy. And then no, I can't stand. I, it I tried to play Apex, but Apex is just like the aiming and stuff with Apex is just like you gotta shoot true. You gotta like that's what X Defiant is. If you guys like, I can't wait to X Defiant come out because it's like I, yeah, I've heard I'm a lot about the them. old Call of Duty devs, and it's like yo, if you didn't play the beta, yo, it's like an old Call of Duty feel. It's like mm-hmm. the old Call, of, but the only thing is it has low aim assist, so you gotta aim. You have to aim. Like it's gonna give you a little help, but that's game. I think that game when it comes out, a lot of people, a lot of streamers are gonna jump off and call me that's fine. It's a good I'm game. Be, I'm gonna be jumping on a uh, MK1. Yeah, one hundred percent. Me, me and my brother, me and my brother, been talking about that since the trailer dropped, and now the fatalities done dropped. It was like, oh yeah, nah, we gotta. I'm going to. You know what? I don't even gain on what I'm going to get MK1. I'm going to kick y'all ass. You already know how. Look, it's, there's there's three there's three games you will catch me pre-ordering almost on the regular. Is anything Battlefield, anything Mortal Kombat, and anything God of War. I'm 100% pre- oh, pre-ordering those. Like there's no there's no debate. Like I will budget money aside to make sure that those pre-orders will absolutely happen. The question becomes, do I get the premium or the standard edition? That becomes the question when it comes to those pre-orders. That's really it. Jay, since you mentioned um, God of War, does it hit differently now that you're a father? Mm, boy. Yeah. No, it so what it does it so really and truly it, 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 it amplifies. Okay. It amplifies because I've always and being and you know this being a fellow Leo, like we're already by nature, we're the protectors. We're the, we we are the guardians of the kingdom. So a game like God of War, especially when you bring your son into the mix, for me it just it amplifies my already feelings. Like I teach my daughter to be independent as it is. So as she gets to that age where she's not gonna, you know, be around me because she'll be in school all day, I'm like, look. I want to make sure she is going to be the youngest member of the fuck around and find out community. Real quick. <laughs> because what you're not going to do is fuck with my daughter. Ain't going to be like, oh, daddy, such and such was. No, no. Just like my mama taught me, uh, she's going to learn the same way. Don't start a single fight, but finish that motherfucker. 100%. That's it. There's no, there's no room for confusion there. Don't start anything, but finish that shit. Mm-hmm. Somebody come in your personal space. Somebody try to take something from you. Like, no. I'm, I'm teaching my shit. I'm teaching my daughter and son one move, and that's the Chuck Liddell overhand right. Hey, that's, <laughs> hey, that's, <laughs> that, that's all they need to know. Take that's all they need. And swing that thing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's all they need. Yeah, no, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, and like my like it's ironic. So like in the gym, so like my daughter loves punching the kickboxing bag. So I'm like, all right, bet. So I know, I think in the fall, if everything stays on, on this current trajectory, she's going to start getting into tumbling. Mm. I'm with that. She's going to get into tumbling, and we're going to make that transition to where I've really, really considered once she gets to that ripe age is I may end up, I was going to put her in boxing. I actually may switch it up and put her in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu instead. Because yes. yeah, then, then, then me and her can go together. I was talking to my wife about this the, um, about the other day because she was like, she didn't really understand. I was like, listen, I said, if you if women... And this is, I know this is a Father's Day show, but I'm going to go on this small little tangent for just a second. I said, more women need to stop going to self-defense classes and go to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu classes. And then she said, why? I said, because how many fights res- end on the feet? They end up on the ground. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu helps you fight while from your back, but it gives you that confidence of not panicking. Oh, shit, we're on the ground. What do I do? Like, you know what I'm saying? If you all of a sudden decide, you know, Respution want that smoke and you get into a fight with her, y'all end up on the ground and she starts swinging at you. You got to know, all right, cool. She's bigger than me. Let me use her weight against her. When she leaned forward, I'm going to grab that ass and I'm going to flip that ass over. Like, you I, I don't know what I'm saying here, but hold on. You're you not just going to gloss over that like you just didn't say Respusha. Nobody else is not going to acknowledge this. 
Like, we heard on, we didn't care. We didn't care. We didn't care, DJ. You act like you don't know who I am by now. You know I'm going to say some We didn't care, DJ. We didn't care. We heard it. We didn't care. I mean, listen, man, spin facts. I mean, because it's the truth. Like, it is the same with with us with us being guys even nowadays i know we're in the age where guys would rather pull out guns or pull their fists out but before that when we got into fights was it not always some big country boy trying to trying to wrestle but if you had a little bit of bazillion jiu-jitsu in your background, all right, bet we're going to the ground. I'm about to choke your ass out. I'm about to put you I was asleep. about to say, bro, my favorite because, move right now is the rear naked choke. Yeah, because like, it don't matter how big or how small you are. If I get behind uh-huh. you and I wrap them legs and I get, behind, and I get around same. that neck, your neck, hey, you Everybody can have a big neck, neck small neck, same. medium neck, whatever. Guess what? When this choke happens, you're going to sleep. Good exactly. night. And then my, and my thing is, especially like being a smaller guy or whatever, like people coming up to me and like fights and all that, the first thing they try to do is that big power overhand right. Like you said, I'm ducking that and now I'm behind you and that's your neck. And it's kind of over from there. Like they taught me in the military and then a little bit of Taekwondo, especially in like street fights and stuff. It's not this big UFC spectacle. It's not this big boxing match. No. You are protecting yourself. You are supposed to end that fight as quickly as possible. And 100%. it's just like not all the time is boxing it out the most effective. Like if I get to your ankle and I snap your ankle in two paces, like the fight's effectively over. You can't walk. And now Facts. I'm, walking, I'm walking away with my family and you need an ambulance. You see what I'm saying? Like it's not, yep. oh, I have to, you know, technically knock you out and throw the jabs and throw the perfect counter rights and all of that. Like, I don't got to do all that. I just have to figure out a way to make you not want to fight me anymore. That's it. So yeah. go, go say he can fight a little bit. I told both yeah. my kids, I said, at a certain age, you're going to have to pick between karate or having hands, and that's boxing. You want hands or you want to have to defend yourself? And I told my son, you want to go to boxing? Go ahead. And I told my daughter, you're most likely going to go karate. You need to well, learn how to, how to defend yourself. Listen, I would say more so taekwondo than karate. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if you if you catch what he did, though, he gave him the choice. Like, yeah. just like yes. kind of what you talked about, Noble, you gave him the choice. I'm giving my daughter a choice without giving her a choice at the same choice, time. Right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, listen, you're going to start with tumbling and then we're going to transition into <laughs> so, <laughs> methodically. I'm already kind of playing this game. Playing it out, yeah. You know, so. Yeah. It only makes sense. Like we we just we live in a world now, especially when being being fathers of daughters, where women are very vulnerable. And it's like, you know, you might not always have the pepper spray. You might not always have the little gun on you. You might actually have to put these hands on somebody. But can you? Is the question. Exactly. You I want to get the call. I want to get the call from school. Like Mr. Johnson, your daughter just hit somebody with a spinning elbow. Like yes, it did. <laughs> did you did you get it on camera? Because I need to see that thing. Right. That's dead ass me. Like I told my wife, I said the first time we get that phone call that she got into a fight in school, I said, I'm gonna tell you the first thing I'm doing if I'm not already in my uniform, I'm putting my uniform on going to the school. So when they say, Do you understand what your daughter is like? Yeah, do you see what her dad is dressed in? Fuck you mean. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> like, like there's no confusion here. Like, cause like, you know, Mr. Nobu, you know, he talked about the way he gets down. I am what you call a limb fighter. I will use my fists, my elbows, my knees, my head, whatever limb is closest to you is the one I'm using. So you throw that overhand right, you might catch this elbow in the solar plexus because why? If you can't breathe, you can't fight. So exactly, that's more time. That's, that's more time right there. Yeah, but that's just if that's my that's my personally as my favorite discipline because I am a I am a smaller guy, but I'm still 160 pounds and I'm solid. So if I hit you with this elbow, it's gonna hurt, Sorry. and I'm gonna knock you out. I'd rather hit you with an elbow than my fist anyway because if I catch you in the jaw with this elbow, you're probably going to sleep faster. Realistically. Yeah. 
because I can bring more force behind it. Just because I can swing that thing. And John Jones helped me because I really want to try this, this spinning elbow one day in a fight. Just to see if it'll, if it. Just, just, just to do it. With the old school black man walk. Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to do that. Bring me my dog. Oh, <laughs> Bring it to me. 100%. Without a, without a fuck to give. Bring me my 100%. baby. That's my girl. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, that's you. Why your nose bleeding? You should have blocked it. Oh, let's go. I am interested to know, because we're talking about fighting in MMA, I am interested to know what, what uh, tactics you take to teach your kid, look, it's okay to defend yourself, but it's not okay to bully other kids just because you know how to fight. I mean, so, it comes with discipline. It comes with discipline and it comes with understanding. I think a lot yeah. of people, like it comes with the more, I think the most important thing, because I'll tell you this, I used to I used to go to a school where I was the bully and then I turned around and went to a school where I got bullied because there were bigger kids than me that were going to jail. Like these guys were going to jail. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't. So, right. so I could tell you like being on both sides of it is like, what you see a lot of it from you is it starts at home. If you mm-hmm. if you can be there for your kids and understand what they're going through and help them through it and solve them, they're not going to be bullies, first of all. And then if they're on the other end, they're going to be more willing to tell you when it first happens than telling you down the road after, you know, three months of them getting bullied and now they, they don't poke the kid up in the school because they couldn't take them home. So it comes with discipline, understanding, but not just understanding, understanding your child and who they are, how much they can take and how much they can put away. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think to piggyback off what you said, Troy, it comes with being involved. Like you said, like talking with your kids and all that. Go to those PTA, like go to all the silly shit at your kid's school. Like mm-hmm. so before I was an IT professional, I had all these odds and ends jobs. And one of them was a school photographer. Right. I did all the uh, the pictures for like sporting events, the homecomings, you know, the, the yearbook photos, the ID photos. I was at schools. Right. And it's like eight hours at a school. I could already tell, and I only spent maybe like 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes with a class, depending on how big they are. I could already tell who liked each other, who didn't like each other. Like, you know, I could tell some vibes already. So it's like, go to your kid's silly shit at the school and you'll be able to see that. And then that'll spark conversation, you know what I'm saying, to ask them like, hey, what was that about? Or hey, you know what I'm saying, why did you react like that? Like, and then you can move from there. Yeah. To piggyback further, like you're saying, like just be present for your kids because everybody knows all the bullies that we've dealt with at school back when we was kids they wouldn't get in love at home either their dad was in their ass their mom might have been selling ass or something like that you know just bad or they just had or they lived in an abusive abusive house yeah so like basically it's funny dog i'm not gonna lie everybody laughing except me i'm not laughing either don't say everybody don't put me in that don't put me in that i didn't laugh i didn't laugh i didn't laugh like it's not funny, but it's just the way you just said it. The only person that laughed is DJ because he ain't got no kids, and then GQ because he had no choice but to laugh. No, that, that's um, that's because I know my brother. Like, it's that's why. I mean, but listen, that's 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 real. That's real. Yeah, I mean, to provide a stable upbringing for your kids, and they won't be bullies. Like that's mm-hmm, pretty much exactly. in my mind. Just be yeah. a good parent, and you should not have bully for kids. Yeah, and and to go on the um on the on the bonus dad side of this because I'm you know I'm yes I have a toddler but I also have a teenager who's about to be a freshman in high school and this is some stuff that she has been dealing with, so and that's been the conversation has been like listen like you you can't one you can't take no shit, you just can't you you the day you become a doormat is the worst day of your entire life because when you let people walk all over you it is over for you, you got to stand on your own too and you've got to defend yourself, and otherwise you're you're asking for it to happen. 
Like this generation is so different. The fact that cyberbullying is a fucking thing blows my mind. I wish somebody would talk shit to me on MySpace back then. Like, what? Hey, we did. Know, look, this is my did, address. Though. This is my address. Pull up. Like the fuck? We did, though, cyberbullying because we, like on Xbox Live, nobody was calling you a fucking nigger faggot Jew. You just gotta take that shit. Right, like, somebody did that shit to me on Battlefield. They called me a, a Hitler, a Hitler supporter. I was at first boss, I'm a black service member. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, like, right. I, had this, I, had, I had this white dude call me an ER, and I'm a jokester. So he's calling me nigga this, nigga that. I'm like, yo, you don't got nothing else. He's like, you fucking porch man. I was like, yo, that's all you got? You ain't got nothing else for me? Right. And, yeah, and he's me. getting mad. So I was like, yo, yeah. you funny, bro. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send you an invite. So anytime I want to laugh, I'll just invite you to the game. Are we not friends? We're not friends. Another white dude busted the mic like, shut the fuck up. He didn't say he won't be your friend. Cracker box? I was like, oh, shit. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> a white dude called him a cracker box. I said, oh, shit. Where are we? What is this? I'm on the other side of it, right? Like, cyberbullying ain't going to be a thing because the block button exists. Exactly. Right? I'm going to block you. And I'm gonna block you. I'm gonna block you. I'm gonna block you. And then when we go to school, if you have something to say about it, then I'm gonna punch you in your mouth, right? Yeah, like, you, you, you know, you can talk those, big behind the screen. Listen, those to me would be the fights that I will okay my daughter starting. Is if they just keep poking with you, poking with you, because cyberbullying is a thing, right? Because it mm-hmm. follows you home and all that. Like if they're doing that, and you can show me, like, yeah, they're making these memes, these TikToks, these whatever. It's like, all right, cool, block them, block them, block them, whatever. And if they say something to you, like, oh, you scared you, whatever, because you blocked us, I give you full permission that they didn't hit you first to just rock them in their shit, break their nose. Yeah. I don't care. And see, for me, that that's right. the extenuating circumstance of that, to me, is the same thing as finishing the situation, because they started mm-hmm. it. Exactly. Because you you started it with this Twitter war with your, with your thumbs. You started it with your thumbs, I'm going to finish it with this fist. That's yeah. how I see it. You know, yeah. and I'm cool yeah. with that. But, like, yeah. like, right. like some shit that we dealt here. with. You know, we dealt with this shit at the middle school level with with my with my teenager. Is they made a they made a this one kid ended up going like like fifty something days alternative school for this shit. But they made a fake Instagram page and it was called ugly ugly people of you know this uh-huh. school. Yeah, and started posting all these pictures and shit. And then my daughter pops up on there and I'm like, why are you upset by this? I said because they're calling me ugly. I said you are what you react to. Mm. That's the first thing I said to her. You are what you react to. Are you ugly? Well, no. I said, then why are you upset about it? You, you, you're only up. You, you only react to what you react to, and you reacted to it. So you gave them what they wanted. Mm-hmm. I said, here's what you should do. Or actually, you don't got to do it. I'll do it for you. Report the page. So the page was reported. Screenshotted everything first because you know, you know, I keep. Oh, I got to delete everything. Nah, fam. Keep your receipts. Keep I got your receipts. you. Yeah. So I screenshotted all this shit. And mind you, you know, saying one of my other professions in Micah knows I work in the school district. So I sent all this shit to the principal from my school email. Okay. Like, hey, mm-hmm. This is what's been going on at your school, by the way, and it involved my daughter, such as a send it to her. Boom. All of a sudden, investigation, ping the IP address because smart people know how to do smart things. Got his yep. ass. 50 some odd days of alternative school because, you know, it's bad because they took another one that was ugly people. It was like ugly black people. And it was essentially, and it was, they took it a step further. And it was all like the kids you knew that was kind of poor, had the busted up shoes, had the messed up hair. Like, I was like, see, now that's how you get your ass whooped. Yeah. You can't make fun of somebody's circumstance because that is that's that's a whole different thing. Like yeah. that's just not something you can control. That that's you can't control your circumstance at that time. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, nah. But yeah, but the fact that that shit exists, I'm like, you guarantee you that that, that gangster back there asleep right now, you ain't gonna side bully her because she have a mouth, she have, she have a mouthpiece like a daddy. She gonna what's, roast everybody. What's interesting to me too is like 
Cyberbully didn't come around to like 2010, like real full, mm-hmm. full effect. Yeah. 2010, yeah, yeah, like 100%. 2010 is when you know kids, yeah. sorry, started self deleting themselves because of cyberbullying. But us growing up, I'm a '90s baby. I was born '91, so it's like my my dad wouldn't have let me let my dad would have came in the room and seen me self deleted myself. He would have beat my ass. Right. <laughs> he would have beat my ass. <laughs> Dad would have beat my ass while I was self deleting. Like he would have beat, right. beat me back to life. Like, like that we, we like like our households back then didn't play that, and that's no, why we, like when, well, when we go we, back we had, to lim- we had limited time online back then too. When we, when we well, go back to the really had online conversation, when we talk about spending time, that's mm-hmm. what it is. It's like nowadays, so many parents have to work three, four jobs, two, three jobs just to pay their bills that they don't have enough mm-hmm. time to sit at home and understand what their kids are going through. Yeah. That's the that's the real part of it. It's a lot of, especially a lot of fathers, because we, we're all like, I work my ass off, like, and I'm pretty yep. sure all you guys will do what you got to do to put food on the table. Yeah. You feel me? So for us, it's like, yo, we got to go work two, three jobs. We're we going to do it. Even though deep down inside, I don't want to. I don't think I should have to, but I need to. So for us, it's like, yo, if we're doing that, how much time are we going to have to invest in our kids' life? And that's just the way the world is set up. The world is set up for a father to go out, outside and work all damn day. And, mm-hmm. and then you come home and you don't even know who your kids are. You don't, you can't tell them what they like, what's their favorite color. You find out your daughter like a boy, but he she could have liked him all along. You just find out. You don't know. You don't know what's going on in their life step by step because you're outside of the house. And that's why it's my number one. My number one goal is to be inside the house working, making my own money so I can yeah. have my kids around me while I make my money instead of making somebody else money and, and miss out on my kids' life. That's the crazy thing about life to me. You go make a company billions of dollars and miss out on your family's life. So kind of talk about that it's funny so i was blessed to grow up with a father who went to college and everything and he had a good paying job he worked for exxon he was like they senior project manager all that sort of shit right and so it's like growing up sometimes i remember he would go off on business trips to like florida you know what i'm saying like it would all be stateside right but then once we all got to college and like he married his second wife and everything, and like we're all grown and off doing the kind of our own things, he started going worldwide, China, England, Australia, New Zealand, all this other shit, right? And I remember asking him like, dang, did you get promoted or something? He's just like, nah, I've always had these opportunities presented to me. I just turned them down so that I could be there for all your YMCA stuff, all your stuff, like as much stuff as possible. And so I thought about it, I'm just like, but couldn't you not have gotten promoted because of that? Like, don't they promote the people that do that type of stuff? He's like, yeah, I got passed on many a promotion, but that was my choice to, you know. And so fast forward to me, that's like one of the tenants of my life. And so with my IT certs, I'm blessed to where since I've gotten my IT certs, I haven't been out of a job for a month. Like, I'm talking like I've been getting un- like fired unceremoniously from some of these places because of that same mentality. Like, nah, you're not about to make me miss you know, family time or whatever, like, I'll find another job. Like, I can't find another moment in time with my family, right? Like, and it's just like, I understand that a lot of people's situation isn't that, but I also firmly believe that if you don't like the way the table is set, flip that bitch over. You can make your Mm -hmm. own situation. And going back to our kids, like, especially with the self-deletion and everything, they doing that because they don't see a way out. 
because we're not thinking creatively enough for ourselves to show them that there's always a way out the situation. There is mm-hmm. always, you know what I'm saying, a way forward. And sometimes the way forward might be just not to care about any of the current constraints mm-hmm. and care about, you know what I'm saying, what's right in front of you. I like that a lot. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's beautifully said. So it, it kind of leads into, for me personally, what I feel like is the most important thing that we don't talk about enough. Um, we've talked about this before, uh, uh, Michael. Now we're going to kind of bring it all to fruition because it is the month of June. It is also Men's Mental Health Awareness Month, but we also have fathers in this mix. So we talk about the mental health of fathers, which does not get brought to the forefront. I'm Unfortunately, unfortunately, ironically, I don't know the right word to use in that situation. It gets covered up by another celebration of a month, a celebration, not a you know, notice of what's actually happening. So um, take a, take a second, kind of think back on a time during your, your, your fatherhood here, where you had a moment where you were just like, you were kind of lost, you know? And, and when you got to that moment of being lost, how did you find your way out of it? How did you get back to where you are? So I'm pretty sure I'm not sure if you'll call it PTSD, but I'm pretty sure most fathers deal with this because around this time, my cousin was going through the same thing with his newborn, where you have these thoughts or these voices in your head and they're telling you to do shit, right? And you're like, yo, what the, what the hell? No, I got I to gotta separate myself real quick. Mm-hmm. Catch, catch my breath, get some air, reset my mind, and then go back in. Because a lot of times we find ourselves stressed out in moments where... We, we don't think straight, so our self-conscious starts thinking boards. Like, yo, do this. Do that. Do this. So that shit, it happened to me one time. And it was like, yo, do this. And I'm like, what the? F-? I jumped. And I was like, what the fuck? No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I ran. I called my cousin. He was like, yo, just go outside and get some air, bro. I went through the same thing. And he walked me through it. He was like, yo, sometimes you just need somebody to talk to. Sometimes you just need to separate yourself from the from the situation to come back to it with a clear mind. Yes. It's not, it's not always you, it's just what's on top of you that you're, you know, you're trying to figure out a way out of. Now you got to deal with this newborn and then the crying and all this, all that's gonna add on top of you. You still gotta be a man, you still gotta pay the bills in your house, you still gotta take care of the house, so you still gotta be a protector, you still gotta be a provider. So all of those things set, your mind starts to lose itself. And what got me back from it was having somebody that actually went through it too. He went through it a little bit before I did. So it was somebody that was freshly through it that who mom helped him through it. He he eventually helped me get myself back to a point where I was like, all right, I wasn't hearing that shit in my head no more. And I'm pretty sure you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm not mm-hmm. stating it, but I'm pretty you. sure you guys know. Um, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Prime. Go ahead. I got like a, I guess a weird analogy because I don't feel like going too deeply into the situation, but it's like like when you hydroplane, you know, your steering wheel fighting with you. And you fight with the steering wheel, and they always tell you don't fight with it, you know, turn into yep. it. Yep. And you over here, like, nah, fuck that. I gotta fight the steering wheel. And that's like that's kind of how the situation be when you're a dad. Like mm-hmm. you be so busy trying to prevent something from spiraling out, spiraling out of control instead of just facing the situation and being like, Okay, I gotta deal with this, you know, as it is now, instead of trying mm-hmm. to make a situation radically different. You know, it's already here. You gotta deal with it now. You can't mm-hmm. make it something different. So for me, luckily, I'm like the opposite of that. I'm quick, so like as an Aquarius, I'm quick to just say, fuck it, to a lot, right? And so it's like, I never struggled with trying to fight things that are out of my control. 
I struggle with trying to do too much, trying to be Superman, trying to, you know, be everywhere at once, trying to be everything for everybody. And I think so we talked about kind of what changed as a dad. I guess that kind of tacks onto my answer is that what I am to other people outside of my immediate family has diminished. Like I'm not as good of a friend anymore. I'm not as good of a, you know, I can't just drop everything and, you know. And so I think for me to get back to this current question, um, how I got back to myself. So think about when you're on your phone or like your computer or something like that and your shit's running slow, it's all out of whack. What do you do? You start killing all the unused apps, all the shit running in the background. So for me, like, so for a while now, um, well, I haven't done it in a little while, but used to do detox weeks, right? Where I would not drink liquor. I would not really do anything. And then I would pick something like, so I'd pick something like TV. I know I picked Netflix one time. I know I did my PlayStation 4 one time. Like things that I'm just used to just going to that I can take away and maximize my time. So I took that same type of mindset to, you know what I'm saying, being a father or whatnot. And it's just like sometimes some things just have to go for, you know, a couple days, a week, a month, whatever, so that I can refocus on what truly, really matters. Because a lot of times when we're out of sync and we're out of phase, it's because we're focusing on shit that doesn't really matter or focusing mm-hmm. on stuff that matters in a way that doesn't really matter. And mm-hmm. we got to get, get rid of all that excess bullshit to really yeah. see, you know what I'm saying, what really matters. <clears throat> yeah. No, I, and I mean, for me, it was hell, it was fall of last year. Like I was, you know, I started this new, you know, this new career that I'm currently on now. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're dealing with, which for me, I knew, and I had it written down, which I always write my things down. And this was like my number one, like biggest fear of, you know, being a new father was that, that triple digit acronym that we call PPD. Oh, I was deathly afraid of it. That's postpartum depression for those who didn't catch what mm-hmm. I was talking about. Biggest I fear I had, biggest, biggest fear <laughs> I had was that one. And it wasn't for me. It was for my wife's sake because I knew it would also affect me. Mm-hmm. So um, this was probably the it was like the second or third time that um the little mama had gotten sick. So we're dealing with that. We're dealing with the, the toddler being sick. You know, we're dealing with, with, with mom kind of going through some things. And then my own mother ended up going through some things where she ended up, you know, um, out of commission. And then the stresses of this job on top of all of this shit, all this shit happened, like all of the same. This is all between like September and like November. All this shit just piles. I'm like, fuck. And, you know. You're trying your you're trying your best to just be the dad. You know, we 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 do this. This is a this is the normal man thing, but it also ties to being a father where we will just emotionally shut the fuck down. We will shut down so we can get whatever it is done done. And then we'll be like, all right, cool, let me turn that switch on. But that switch has been off for so long when you turn it on, you're like, fuck, what what wait, what, what am I supposed to do fuck? again? Yeah, yeah like you completely just, you know, yeah. Yeah. So we everybody's got these nice little analogies. So I would use my analogy because this is my go-to analogy. My brother will understand this very well because it relates to my favorite character and goes to Batman. We talk about the abyss, right? So mm. this is me in my life. This is like literally my life in a nutshell is the abyss. You get to that point where you are in the dark. You are in the abyss. You are at the edge of this cliff. And no, it is not like Assassin's Creed. You're not going to jump off and land into some hay and conceal yourself. That's not what it is. The, the abyss is not a place you want to be. But as men and as fathers, we find ourselves in the abyss and it's very dark, it's very lonely, it's very, it's very bad to be in the abyss. And then you try to figure out, how do I get out? Mm-hmm. 
because you don't know which way to go. It's dark. Mm-hmm. If you ever navigated your own house in the dark, it's different than during the day. You're like, wait, where the fuck am I? You know, you trip over that toy that you forgot was there because you knew it was there all day, but in the dark, you didn't see it. You know, mm-hmm. so that's the abyss. Everything is bigger. Everything is not bigger, but it's bigger. So you're like, how do I get out of it? And, you know, funny enough for me, it was a conversation with my brother that kind of helped me get back to reality because it was like, you know, we all go through things. And again, we talk about having those people that you can talk to. Mm-hmm. So I would either talk to, I would talk to my brother or I would talk to, you know, some other people. But a lot of it is me and my brother have a lot of conversations and it kind of shines that light. You know, it's like become becomes my glow stick to help me navigate wherever the fuck I'm at to get back to where I need to be. Because we do. We find ourselves as men and as fathers to where we are just flat out lost. We're like, shit, like, what else am I supposed to do? I have given everything, all of my emotional energy, my physical energy, my everything. And it's like shit still isn't done. Like there's still you you solved all these problems and here comes 15 more problems. You're like, fuck. Mm-hmm. But you're so exhausted. And you're like, how do I navigate this shit? But sometimes, and it's, it goes literally into what Mr. Noble said. You got to sit there and you got to take care of that background shit. And the way we do that is we got to prioritize. All right, what's most important? Okay, if it ain't on this list of important shit, that shit got to go. Because that's something that we as all men do, whether you're a father or you're just a man in general, that we do. We try to take everything on. Mm-hmm. Because that's just the way we're raised. We're, we're built. We're built to just, you know what, I can handle everything. And then based on your Zodiac, it might get even worse because just the way you're set up, the way your brain works. And you, sometimes you do just have to step back and be like, all right, I need to, I need to unfuck this a little bit. Now I need to, I need to, you know, we spend so much time taking care of others and we forget about you, mm-hmm. you know, and if you're not taking care of you, who's going to take care of you? Right. You're going to let your own physical and mental and emotional health go to, go to shit because you're so focused on everybody else or are you going to take that time, you know, like Mr. Noble does with his detoxing time or, you know, like my brother does, you know, we'll just talk and or we'll just, you know, hop on the game, which we'll is, you know, we'll game our ass off. And then or we we'll just talk, you know, vicariously about everything Star Wars that's going on, watching the Mandalorian or watching fucking the Bad Batch, you know, whatever. Those hey, are our, you know, our, our methods of, of coming back to reality. Yeah. You know, like something I could tell you, like me and my brother do a lot is when a new a new Marvel movie comes out, we'll go watch together. We'll go to we'll go to we'll go to um we'll go we'll go to um Star Cinema Grill you no, know, and like we went to go watch Doctor Strange. That was probably one of the best times we had because they had all these fancy ass drinks named after the movies and shit. So we was like, oh yeah, we got to try that drink. We got to try that drink. We gotta, but it's a moment of escape. In those in that two hours and forty some odd minutes of that movie, you're able to just separate. You're like, all right, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not I'm not a father in this moment. I'm just I'm just here in the moment. I'm just a movie goer. Yeah. yeah, I'm just I'm just a casual going to do something that is not my daily normal responsibilities. And I'm able to finally just find some kind of a piece, even if it's in a legitimate fantasy ass movie that has nothing to do with your actual life. In that moment, you are highly invested in this movie. For me, it's it's the movie, but it's the moment of being with my brother. Mm-hmm. You know, it's being able to do something like that and be with somebody who understands what I'm going through or vice versa. I understand what he's going through. Not everybody has that. And it brings me back to this, whereas like as men and as fathers, we cannot be afraid to open our mouths. One of the most important things I ever learned from my mom growing up was that a closed mouth never gets fed. So mm-hmm. you absolutely must talk to somebody. Doesn't matter who it is. Now, as a, as a man and as a father, you need to find another man to confide in. Yep. It's cool to get the woman's opinion and the woman's perspective. That's cool. But it's not what's going to get you to where you need to be. 
Exactly. You need to have that other, I guess we'll say masculine style of an opinion. Because, yes, you are getting that woman's opinion, and it's great. It is phenomenal. I could get an opinion from a mom anytime I need it. Sometimes I need more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You need that male perspective. Sometimes you need that voice of experience. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's what it is. Yeah, that's exactly exactly Not to be rude, but it's just like women can never walk in the shoes of men. Like, if if I'm allowed to say that. You can say whatever, like you, you, say whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I said, not made for kids. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's not just made like for kids they, at all. They, they did not grow up a young black boy. They did not do that. Like, regardless, regardless of whatever's going on, like you did not go through that little phase where you are just demonized for your energy. You're demonized for not being able to sit still in school. You're, you know what I'm saying? Like your your ADHD is passed off as just like all that other stuff. Like, you know, you have again these adversarial relationships with young black boys are built really, really early with these, you know what I'm saying? You didn't go through that. So yeah, sometimes you need that voice of experience. That's basically what you're saying. No, and it's true because Sometimes you forget, oh, because you're, you know, oh, oh, you from Baytown. Oh, you from this neighborhood. Oh, I know what kind of kid you are. Like, you're like, the fuck? Like, no, you know, like, you, you're already labeled without even truly being known. So you mm-hmm. got to navigate that. You got to navigate being born with the strike right off the rip. And it wasn't even your fault. Yeah. It was just the roll of the dice of how biology works. And where your parents then, decided to move, like, shit. Yeah. And then you got to insert, you know, now, you know, for us now, insert just being a father. Like, even if you were just being a man, but just being a father, now you have to. You have to tread so differently. Like yeah. there are moments and times we just want to get straight ignorant, but we're like, damn, mm-hmm. I can't do that because I can't go take care change. of my. Who gonna take care mm-hmm. of my kid? Yeah, I just say right now I'm too fucking beautiful for jail. Fuck the bush. That's me. That's I'm me. I'm hell would to the no. No, ignorant. And that, and that, and that, that box too small. Like hell to the yeah. no. And then I'd be away from my kids. Like that, that's the greatest. Fear. Like damn, I'd be separated from my kids. Like I can't. Yeah, do that. like no, nah, fam. Like it's not. That's not the move. Like that's just. Yeah. That's not the move. No, it's not, you know, but... you know, so now I got a question. I got a question. A serious question, because I have actually seriously put some thoughts to this. Because, you know, we all make the jokes. We all see the meme. We all think that if something happened to our child, that, oh, yeah, behind my child, I'll get in that orange jumpsuit, all that. But is that really the best move as a father? Like, if something happened to your child and they're still here, is the best move to go commit a crime for justice for your child? I would see this. I'm a criminal justice major. Right? I have a, a associate's in criminal justice. Studied to be a homicide detective, so I said I changed my mind when I was 22 because I didn't want to die in uniform. But um, um, it's hard, right? Because if something happened to your kid, the first thing you're going to feel as a man is that you failed them. Yeah, you're yeah. supposed to protect them. Uh-huh. So the only way you can get that feeling back is going to do something exactly. to protect them. Exactly. So for most fathers, yeah, it is worth it, right? Mm-hmm. And then they'll just come up with a, a, a game plan of why they're inside. They'll make sure their kid is still uh, my the uncle or some one of their boys. You'll go check up on the family, make sure you know my son's good. But is it worth it in the end? No. Now, if somebody killed my kid, if I find you, if I find you, if I find you, you you better pray. I'm a, you better play as a cop coming through that door. Right. What I'm gonna do to you ain't nobody in jail gonna do to you. All right. Yeah. But if they still here tonight, you gotta you gotta let you gotta sometimes it's hard to sit just sit back and let the law do their job because in order for the law to do their job, so many variables have to go into place. Mm-hmm. You have to have evidence, you have to have witnesses, you have to have this, you have to have that. And it's like if you don't have that, then what are you gonna do? 
Right. Nothing. And so many parents, so many fathers and mothers, but so many, like, they get left with no answers. And it's like, yo, sometimes you got to be a, 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 what's his name? Uh, Liam Neeson. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. sometimes you got to go take a motherfucker. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> motherfucker out. Yeah, sometimes you got to go take a motherfucker. Like, there was a movie back in the 90s with Samuel Jackson, I think it was called A Time to Kill. A yeah. classic. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that kind of that's your point there. Like he felt like he wasn't gonna get justice for what happened to his daughter. What about John Q? That's another one. That I just got to watch that yeah. yesterday. That that see and that and that for me would fall into that extenuating circumstance where I'm like, you know, what? I'll hold a hospital hostage. Mm-hmm. You know, but mm-hmm. to kind of go back off of what what you were saying, Troy, like the 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 easy answer would be yes, but the real answer <clears> is it, it truly should be no. It should, no. and and for it me. It's no for me because I have to also think of it as twofold. I also have a teenager oh. here too. I have more than one child. If something happens to one child, I still have another child too that I have exactly. to you know, be responsible yeah. for. So yes, in that moment, it 100% will be the most difficult thing in the world to not physically react mm-hmm. as much as I want to. But there has to be a level of rationale involved. Yes. But and you also have to understand a lot of times when fathers don't react, it tears them apart as a man. It does, and and that's that's the. So you got to be strong enough not to do something. That's the part that nobody really yeah. talks about. And, and it, a lot and of it, men yeah. aren't strong enough not to do anything because when they don't, it breaks think, them as a man. Yeah, and they think of themselves as less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you you do have to play that. I guess we'll call it walk that fine line because you have it's to be one. You have to be okay with it mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, if something happens and you you know, excuse me. Decide to pull up on somebody with that baseball bat and incite violence. Like, what are you? What are you doing? Because right. let's just play. Let's just play this game a little bit differently. Yeah, better what, question. What if, what if you're the sole provider of that for? family? Yeah, who is it, who's it really for? That's a that's a that's the better question. Who is it for? Is it for your child or is it for you? Yeah, but yeah, yeah like what? If, what if you're the sole provider and you take exactly. yourself out of the equation? Now what? Exactly. You know, like those those variables have to be thought about. Yes. Some men can do it. Some men better, cannot. Actually. So yeah. You know, hypothetically, your child goes through something, something very unfortunate, traumatic, what have you. You go to jail, you can't be there to help them through the traumatic time. So now not only are they traumatized from that incident, they're traumatized from you being in jail. That's a whole yeah. other issue they got to deal with their whole lives. My they dad see was you, in jail. They see I've you been... from behind a screen or glass now in this case, you know, yeah. talking on a, on a phone like, you know, that that's that's just as bad as the current trauma that they have. You just yeah. now added another couple years of therapy because you've now become a part of the problem and not the solution. Yeah. It's not even be there in the middle of the night to give them a hug when they crying from the original. But it's not, it's not even really the, the, the therapy. It's like, bro, like you, you subjecting hey, the look, kid that, to so much more. Yeah, popped up. What's right? up, Pop? Yes. Happy Father's yeah. Day. Right, you're 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 giving that kid space to go through so much more stuff. So let's say he did go through something traumatic, and he actually needed you, and you went off and did whatever you did to get justice for your kid. But now your kid's alone, and then they wind up self deleting. Guess what? That's going to do to you as a man while you're behind bars. Yeah, it happens all the time. It makes the entire situation that much worse. Now you're behind bars. You couldn't stop him or her from doing it. But you already feel like it's your fault that you're not there. Now you're going to even feel like it's more of your fault. Your fault for not being there. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And there's a good chance you might have two self-deletions. Because even for people, right, there's a story about a kid. And I know it's a little off topic. His name was 
what's his name? It wasn't Brown. It started with a beat. Bowen Bowen. But it was a kid who got forced to accuse of a crime, went to jail, Rikers Island, and they did a whole bunch of shit to him. CEOs and all that. He came home, self-deleted himself. You know his mother took all that on to her, right? Even though it wasn't her fault. So if we could think like she took all that on to her, even though it wasn't your fault. Now, just imagine it is our fault. That we could have made a different decision to better this outcome for our child, but we didn't, and it led to this ultimate outcome for him. And that's going to yeah. kill us inside. As men, that's going to kill us inside. That's no, that's that's couldn't have been said better. Like that's we don't we don't think about that though. No, right. like you know we, we're, think, we're, we're thinking of, we're thinking about it now, but the the thing becomes you know in the moment, can you have mm -hmm. the rationale, not the irrationale? to separate yeah. can you separate yourself because and and to selfishly say this you know remember it didn't happen to you mm -hmm. you know it happened to you know your child it is now it is always your job as the parent the father in this case to be the protector the provider the you know the guidance the the, the you no know, the light at the end of the tunnel to get them where they're going you cannot take yourself out of the equation exactly if something happens to your child you must first and foremost be there for the child you cannot be like, I must, boom, everything I see is red. I got to go find this individual that did X, Y, Z. And no, 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 no. You have to do, and it's, and I hate that we have to do it this way, you know, but we have to let the justice system do their thing, but we have to do our family thing first. Thing, yeah. And make sure that our child is going to be okay. Even if that mm -hmm. means, hey, if you don't want to go to therapy by yourself, then I'm going to sit my happy ass on the couch right next to you. We're going to be in therapy together. You know, we, we're going to air out some, we're going to air some stuff out, whatever. Yeah. But that's you have to be available to do that. Yeah. You cannot right. remove yourself from the equation because now that child is going through therapy by themselves. Right. And but we are even... talking about we are talking about the, the 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 man of the human species. Like, yeah, we're known for like your dad said, you got to be smart enough not to react with emotions. Nah, we don't we don't do that in everyday life. Do yeah. bump me on the street. I got to turn around and fight him because he, he bumped me. We yeah. men men use our emotions differently from women. We use yeah. our emotions in that a, that violence type of way. And you will hear a lot of people say this: "Your men are very smart. They pick their battles because they know if I'm going to sit here and argue with a man, it's a chance thing. I might not make it home. That's just what it is. So you got to take that same mindset. Like, yo, I got to pick my battles. And yeah. like like your dad is saying, that's a battle you got to not pick." Because yeah. ultimately, all you're going to do is what GQ is talking about, is you're going to hurt your family more. And not That's a lot right. of people yeah. not a lot of people can rationally think that way in the moment. Now, even us, we can rationally say this right now, mm -hmm. while we're not going through those emotions. Exactly. Right? But as soon as we go through those emotions, hey, we all might just grab the shotgun out the closet, hop in the car, and go find them. Yeah. See, that's and, and and that goes back to what we were talking about earlier about like how do you find yourself in the abyss, right? Mm -hmm. Because in that moment, you need something that you can go, you know, what I'm saying, channel in. So like I've been screaming this for years, like way back into my college days, men especially, but everybody needs two different types of stress reliefs, right? An active and a passive, right? So for me my passive back in the day was playing the piano. That's something that I could kind of, you know, kind of really just zone out and just do. But I had to, you know, just focus on it. My active one, and so that, to explain the difference, the active stress relief, there is no physical way that you could focus on whatever is stressing you out. So mm -hmm. back then, for me, that was running. 
that standards for myself. And if I was thinking about anything other than my breath rate, my cycle rate, anything other than that, I'm not making those standards. So I actively had to shift my focus to succeed. And playing the piano, it was more, it was more of an inactive. It just soothed me, right? And you got to know when to shuffle between the two. So in a situation like that, like I got to know. So like one of my active ones right now is I'll go rent out, you know, a bowling lane for two hours and just put in some headphones and bowl. Something active that I'm physically doing, right? It's just like we have to develop those things early before we get in those situations. It's like mm-hmm. football practice, right? You get in those mm-hmm. situations before you get in the game. So when the game happens, the game slows down. You already know what you're supposed to be doing. No, I, I get that. Yeah, my, my active one is the gym. The gym is my sanctuary, yeah. my therapy, my everything. I walk into the gym, piss the fuck off, and walk out the happiest guy in the world. And passively, it's just it's just music. It's yeah. just laying in the dark, headphones on, mm-hmm. and I got, I got, I'm one of those guys. Like, I have a Spotify playlist that is actually called The Diaries of a Broken Man. Like, it's, it's got a called, whole bunch of songs. It's called Night Night, nigga. Nah. <laughs> you, see, you're trying to make me inside violence. No, I'm trying to bring myself you trying to break somebody off. Like, no, 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 no. You got to bring yourself yeah, down. Yeah, you you got another one called Put, Peel My Muffin Cat Back Blue. <laughs> Bro, you don't get us right. <laughs> oh wow! Now nah, my passive one used to be poetry. I don't write as much. I write once in the blue, but I used to love writing poetry, man. Don't ask me to read none because you gonna cry. But um, poetry and then basketball was my active one, bro. I go yeah. to the court, and um, I didn't grow up with good of, that good of a life, but being on a basketball court bro n- n- nothing could could touch me that was impenetrable you couldn't touch me on a basketball court and you couldn't touch me while I was whoever was in front of me on the court couldn't touch me because I was that nice because I used to go in the rain and practice my skills in the park mm-hmm. outside bro with a ball that soaked up water so it became mm-hmm. heavier and I used to just let while the water's hitting me and I'm playing everything I was going through would fall off of me Everything yeah. I would just let it fall off of me in the rain, and every time it rained, I would re- I would clean myself again. I would cleanse myself from everything I was going through. So my active one became a cleansing for me because it was like I'll go play ball when it's sun outside, but it's it's gonna rain somewhere in this week, so I'm gonna get to clean myself and start over. And my past one, I always since 15, I, I've been writing poems. So that boy was playing basketball, doing it for little Saint instead of dancing. I'm bro. trying I feel- to tell you straight up, doing it for little Saint one time for the one time. I used to, I used to dance too, but I wasn't that big into it. Yeah, dancing, so just- dancing wasn't that much. It was more for my best friend than me. But I could dance. I can't dance now. On my back. I, was, I try to pop I- lock. It's gonna pop lock right out of place. <laughs> <laughs> he gonna pop lock and drop. <laughs> exactly. Right into an ambulance. <laughs> You know what? Here's a question I wanted to ask you guys as fathers. The the topic here is a mother's love, right? You know, we all have mothers and things like that. But growing up, you hear there's nothing like a mother's love. But you guys being fathers, how how do you take that? Because I don't think there's a difference between a mother's love and a father's love. It's just that obviously the mother carried you uh, before you were born, but I don't think it should be viewed as any less from the outside looking in. Obviously I'm not a father. So I wanted to ask you guys that and, and get your intake on it. Uh, I feel like this is going to be a very charged 
Answering pool now. Bring it. Now, I, I was just going to say it's it, it is different. A mother's love and a father's love is different because a mother is going to nurture you more. A father is going to guide you more, right? You don't get this, the, the same two from both. So they say a mother's love is what you're saying is because of the nurturing part. It's because most fathers aren't going to stop and really be emotional with you, right? They're going to walk you through that emotion. They're going to help you through that emotion. And then you and daddy can go hang out at the park and get some ice cream. You feel me? Mama going to sit there and cry with you. She's going to sit there and hold you and give you all the love and squeeze you tight. You know, that's why the, that's why they say that about mothers. Our father, our father's love, we, it just looks different. It, it just looks different. That's all. Yeah. So, okay. Okay, hold on, hold on. I, I agree with you there, but it's really, it, it really is a physical difference. Mm-hmm. Because we always say, oh, they just carried them for nine months. That to me is kind of like dismissive if I may say that because it's just like within so my first college I was a biology major also my mom runs the pregnancy resource center down here in Baytown and as I was growing up when I was in trouble she thought it was the fun punishment to bring me to work with her so I was learning about all this shit at the age of like 11 like go me so it's just like there's a lot of biological processes happening there's a lot of endorphins a lot of things that are exchanged through those nine months that makes that nine months. Like, I don't know if y'all watched Dragon Ball Z and heard about the hyperbolic time chamber, but that's literally what it, that's literally what it is, right? That's a bunch of nerds at this table right now. For that mother and that child, because it's just like, and I've watched this with like my wife and my two daughters, right? The environment in which they were in shaped the way the first couple of weeks, you know, first the way that they developed. And it's just like, so So even in that nine months, like, we can't discount the fact that women have to abruptly stop drinking. They have to abruptly stop smoking if they do smoke. You know what I'm saying? They have to change their lifestyle altogether. Like, that is love. Well, the ones that do. They should. Like, that right there. They should. They should. They don't, but they should. They should. It's like, that right there is the automatic, like, immediate expression of love. That dads do not have to put in. We do not have to. Like, I'm going to be honest. I tried. I said, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to not drink with you during this whole nine months. I failed three, I don't want to say three weeks in. I was like, mm. I need a drink. <laughs> did you sneak it and then try to go back to it or did you just give up on it? Oh, I just gave up and she was okay with it. She was like, nah, you got to drink for me, you know, whatever, whatever. It's like, it was cool, but it's just like, they don't have that luxury. Mm-mm. And so that's why I'm saying it's it is physically different. Physically it's not different, different. It looks different. It is different because it has to be different. I agree with you. It's two different parts to it: the look yeah. and the physical part of it. Exactly. I agree exactly. with you. I was gonna say, um, have y'all seen Fences, the movie with Denzel Washington? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a scene where his son is like, "Dad, how come you don't like me?" And yeah. the dad is like, "Motherfucker, you got food, you got clothes, you got a bed, you got a house." xyz like he didn't say i loved you in that moment but it's like bro if i'm doing this for you i fucking love you like i'm providing mm-hmm. for you that's that's what a father's love traditionally looked like it was like mm-hmm. you got all the shit that you need and want mm-hmm. like i'm sorry that i'm not like super emotional nurturing but like look at what you have around you that's love yeah it, it, it is it's different and what it, it boils down to the foundation is simply this it is empathy versus sympathy 
Mm-hmm. So uh, as, a, as a mother, you're going to be just like Troy said, I'm gonna cry with you. I'm gonna do all this, that and the other. As a father, we are we are 100 percent. We are analyzing everything. Oh, mm-hmm. my daughter came up to me. She scraped her knee. Well, first of all, I'm not going to baby you like I'm not not going to do that. Like, oh, that shit probably hurt. But, I'm not the only one that's told their daughter to suck it up. Yeah, but you know, oh, like, yeah. Oh, like yeah. but you know, you see that, and instead of reacting in that in that emotional way, where you're like, "Oh my God, are you okay?" You're like, mm-hmm. you know, my baby. I, the first, my first question, like, all right, what happened? Yeah, you know, like, what, what's the story? Like, you know, like, yeah. you know, so it it is it is literally it is empathy versus sympathy, and it's not wrong. Mm-hmm. You need both. You truly do need both. Yes, you you really in life need both. There are situations where some children do not get that because they're stuck with one or the other parent. So you get a lot more of one versus the other one. Yeah. So having both parents, you get that luxury of empathy versus sympathy. And and it's it's necessary mm-hmm. because you do not grow up to be a is a fully successful adult. And yes, there are those outliers that have raised by single parents that were great. But the overall average child needs both. You need that level of sympathy and empathy. Because sometimes you don't want somebody to give you a solution. You just want somebody to be there. Hey, man, I fucked up. You know, you start crying. You know, you figured out. Like, even take something. Look, and here's the perfect example. Take something this small that's not small. Just take a death in the family. Mm. Somebody passes away in the family that you're all close to. In that moment, typically, no matter, you know, one parent's going to be the empathetic, one's going to be the sympathetic. It, it, mm. it usually doesn't switch roles but in this case we're going to leave it as is you're going to cry with mom you're going to do this that, and the other and then dad's going to immediately start talking about a lesson on you know what happens hey man you know she had this going on you know so just you know be mindful you know as you get older you know you start turning it into a whole ass bill cosby thing from the cosby show you know before all the fuckery happened but we learned a lot from bill cosby you know saying mm-hmm. we all being 80s and 90s kids bill cosby uncle phil you know, we learned all these things. That is the prime example of of empathy on a on the on a whole other scale. Except that one episode from Fresh Prince that we all are familiar with with, with Will and his actual Will's dad. 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 That was yeah, that yeah. was the that was the empathy meet sympathy moment. Yeah, but when, only when we need to be. Like there are moments when, we when need men to. need yes, to be emotional. But, yes, but on the regular, you're going to catch more empathy from us, and that's not mm-hmm. it's not to say that we're wrong. We show love differently. Lee, yep. But it helps you. Because what you want to make sure you understand in life when you when your child grows up is like, I can't be sympathetic about everything. I can't show emotion about everything. I can understand what happened, process it, and keep it pushing. I don't have to react to everything. If you're raised fully sympathetic, you're never going to be able to analyze anything because you're going to only react with emotion. Mm-hmm. You have to have a balance between sympathy and empathy. And we talk about this, and all of us that work in corporate America, they always talk about this. When you become a manager, you're taught sympathetic versus empathetic. You're taught this because you cannot always be that asshole with your employees. Sometimes you've got to understand, all right, somebody's going through this at home. I need to just, hey, you know, if I was going through this, what would, you know, you got to be like that. You can't just 100% be like that all the time. You have to be able to have good balance between the two things. So I see 100%. it for what it is, but it makes sense. That was, a solid, that was a solid question. That that really caught me thinking. A little yeah, bit. that's a good question. Good mark. Good one, Mark. No, so no to back off that, um, you guys are right, right? Like society dictates and nature dictates that men are the more analytical and whatnot. But kind of like you were saying about the manners and everything, is it unfair 
of this new age society. Like I know you guys see it on social media, Twitter and all that. Like now men are being asked to be more, be more present, be more emotionally available, be more. So is that an unfair ask as a father? Like in, in, in like with everything that fatherhood entails, I find myself asking, like, I get where y'all are coming from, but that's not the way the world works yet. But if we if we become more emotional, who gives them the balance? See what I'm saying? Because the women, women, mothers aren't going to become more protective. They're still going to be nurturing. So now you got yeah. two nurturing parents and then they don't get the other side of it. They don't yeah. get to know how to deal, deal with their feelings. They only get to know how to express them. So now exactly. we got a kid that's growing up in the world that just got fired. And now they're at home for three months in the same clothes, sitting on the couch, dirty house, crying because, oh, they thought they were going to be at the job forever. Or some girl or some guy broke their heart. So now they're in the house a whole year, can't go outside, yeah. don't know what son feel like. Because guess what? Oh, they only, the only thing they got is emotions. They didn't get the, the understanding of how to deal with their emotions. That's mm-hmm. what men come in with because we have to deal with our emotions. Everybody tell us, oh, you got to deal with your emotions. You got to do. So so we got to deal with our emotions. How do you want us to be nurtured? Right. How how can yep. we be nurtured on top of trying to deal with our emotions and be the provider, be the protector, be this, be this. Like we can't do that. We still because that's the balance we give to our woman's life, too. Yeah, it's a balanced thing. You be this. I be this. It comes together. It works together. But if we're both this, all we're going to get is a damn crybaby that cries all the time. Right, because in that same discourse, they don't say, hey, women should be more this to provide that balance. So, yeah, that's no. why I asked. Like, you know, it, it seems like the discourse kind of seems unfair, right? Like, I get it. It makes sense. We should be balanced individuals able to give our children both. Mm-hmm. Like you said, if we're balancing ourselves over here, and so now our 50 is split between some percentage of that, and their 50 is still the emotional 50. So now they're getting 50 plus whatever. And now less of the analytical is kind of just like, that's how you have all these out of balance, out of whack kids. Like, yeah, here's my to say that, like, it's, you know, it, it kind of is really simple that these days people are trying to compartmentalize parenthood. They're trying mm-hmm. to compartmentalize traits of what people should be and say oh that's just humanity like no that's not i mean yes that is humanity but it is it expresses itself differently and we have to allow it we have to allow fathers to express themselves differently kind of like what you were saying with the movie fences like hell no that like if you take that uh scene in a snapshot and just put the audio to it like that sounds terrible like he he told his son what he told his son he didn't like him cancel him that's what 2023 says but like you said he doesn't do because the other part of that because i like a different part of that scene it's not what he said he provided it's what he said he sacrificed to provide that that's the part where it's just like motherfucker if i didn't love you i wouldn't be sacrificing this to do this for you. I would still be just be doing this and you wouldn't have none of this shit. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Yep. You said you had a you had an analogy. What's your analogy? I was gonna say I understand asking more of men. I don't they don't ask a whole lot more of women, but I feel like fathers and mothers, we have particular roles. Let's say mm-hmm. a dad is a fork and a mom is a spoon. 
Mm. You can't ask that to be a spork because a spork fucking sucks. It's not a good spoon. It's not a good fork. That's just what it is. I am tweeting that right now. I'm that right. Hey, bro, you need to you need to go ahead and like it and, and and put that on the internet and get that published or something. That's a good that's a good mm-hmm. analogy. I mean, but it's true because remember back when KFC used to give you a fucking spork and that shit was useless. You no mac and cheese up, like that shit was fucking terrible. But to take it, you know, a second level deeper with that, those two added responsibilities, they both have a spectrum. So if you're sympathetic. The spectrum is you can't be overly sympathetic because now you're coddling. And we know exactly what a coddling looks like because we see the current kids in, you know, in 2023, what happens when you coddle. And with the same time being empathetic, we can't be robotic because if we're robotic, our kids are like, oh, what the fuck am I even talking to dad for? He's just going to shut down or he's not going to show any emotion. I don't even know if what I said to him even resonated with what he, you know, what he said. So both have a spectrum. So now where's the balance? Because you have to have that balance to where you're trying to make the most, you know, productive human you can without giving mm-hmm. too much of one versus the other, but having that balance between, you know, you and you and you and your you and your spouse. But then on your just your responsibility in this situation, being too robotic versus being overly empathetic. Because you there are times where we have to be empathetic, but there's times we gotta be like, Oh, hold on. No, we gotta crack down, like hold on, time out. No, no. I'm gonna call you on this bullshit. You were wrong, mm-hmm. and and we got to talk about it. You know, most times we just kind of we we let it go because we're like, all right, yeah, I would have probably done the same shit. That's 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 good. You know, good. But you're like, wait, wait, wait. It's different back in the '80s and '90s versus you know the 2000s. Like, nah, that should get you fucked up. You do that shit nowadays. We got to talk about that. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Like, so there has to be that that fine line balance, and you're always tightroping it as a parent because every situation sways you one way or the other. It's, it's no different than politics. You know, the right person comes up. And you don't know if they don't tell you what their political party is, but you hear them talking. I mean, I kind of vote for that guy. But you're like, oh, shit. He's the opposite party of what I normally affiliate with. It's a tightrope. So as a parent, we walk that tightrope all the time. You know, that little stick just got us kind of swaying based on whatever happens. And then we react essentially accordingly, hopefully accordingly, or we just react with a little too much emotion or not enough emotion. And we hope at the end of the day that we've given our children the best possible guidance right we are that we as fathers are the torches that help our kids see the light and mothers are there to make sure that the light is always lit mm-hmm. Ooh, i like that that's getting tweeted too i like that <laughs> i'm good for a couple of those but um with with yeah, all that yeah. you know we um yeah, you know i Troy ain't the only one who used to do poetry. You know, we used to do a lot of writing back then. You know, that's that's another another day in time of my life. We don't now didn't, mm. we don't even write. We don't even write. Well, you write music still. I don't write music anymore. But I still write music. Yeah, you still do. Hey, I, I always look back on my poems like, yo, I gotta I gotta make a poem book, bro. Sell it to the world so I can hey, have man, the, world the thing crying. On, the thing on Amazon, bro. I want the world to fill its seas up with tears. You we want gotta, salt gotta, water? Uh, I got you. Not salt water. Oh hell. <laughs> Yes, dude. This guy. You ever tasted your tears salty? You want salt water? I got you. Yeah. We all from the south, bro. We got nothing but salt water in this bitch. We all. Hey, I, got salt water out here too. <laughs> I ain't got no fresh water down here. My water green. <laughs> shit, our shit, your shit green. Our shit brown. <laughs> My shit green over here, bro. Like, we see the water. We be over there, doo doo, bro. Shit, Loch Ness monster come out mine. Man, we don't, we don't, we don't see shit till it actually happened in our water. Like that's how dark it is. Mm. 
get stung by a jellyfish. You never saw that motherfucker coming. Never saw that, that wasn't a jellyfish. Coming. That was a jelly dog. That wasn't a jellyfish. That was a jelly dog. That shit got mutated in our water. <laughs> How many tentacles did it have? Double it. <laughs> hey, you say that, you gotta remember. We we live in a uh part of the U.S. where Exxon feed into all the water, bro. They mutate down here too. Yeah, yeah we, we watched our mosquitoes grow from like this to being like the size to pull away a small dog and fly away with that motherfucker. Right. I promise you. That's we why got- I want to leave because some bug come towards me. It's round one. <laughs> <laughs> But that's the thing, man. Our, our mosquitoes and this bitch motherfucking ninjas, they, you don't realize and they there until they bite you. You're like, where the fuck did you come from? Like, Right. Yeah. No, I feel them. As soon as he land on me, I don't like things touching me, so I know. Right. <laughs> I hate bugs on me. Look, so they done got know. so good, they start biting through clothes and shit. They'll bite you through your yeah. sweatpants. Hey. They'll you get like, you anywhere. Any, anywhere, anywhere. Like, anywhere, yeah. anywhere. They don't care. No, but um, I appreciate my father's coming on today. You guys are great. Made for a fun round table. A lot of knowledge being being spewed around here. A lot of a lot of experiences being put on the table. A lot of things being highlighted because I do think as as men and as fathers there we, we need to be highlighted more. I noticed that we were talking me and my wife talked about this yesterday and um not yesterday, day before yesterday. She was like, Man, there's not a lot of publicity about fathers. I was like, There never is. Mm. They don't talk about the Father's Day specials and the Father's Day sales. Like you gotta find that shit on social media. You know, she was like, oh, we got to figure out what we're going to do for us. I was like, I mean, I don't really, you know, care if you do anything or not. Like, I'm, you know, if it happens, it happens. But I don't, you know, it's not as glorified as Mother's Day where we, we, we you know, we go above and beyond. Like, you know, even Bath and Body Works has a motherfucking sale for Mother's Day. <laughs> not, for, not, for, not for Father's Day. Well, not only that, Jay, like, Father's Day, you have single mothers talking about this my day, too. <laughs> no, yeah. it's not. If you, got a, if you got a vagina, this ain't your day. It ain't. I was gonna say that a little early on for all the single mothers out there that saying you father, you could do both. No, you can't. You can't. Yeah. I'm you, sorry. You, some fault. of you guys, you're some of you fault. guys, some of you guys, no lie, we'll give you props. Some of you guys do a fine job as single mothers raising young men. Look, right. right. Some of you guys do fine jobs, but the majority of them, the majority Max, of you guys do not do not raise like it's out, right there. Outstanding can't, citizens cannot yeah. compromise our standards when it comes to being a father, a dad, dad and, a man. and a man. Right? Well, there is one man. standard, and that standard is what it is to be a man, a dad, or a father. Point blank. Period. This is our day this weekend. Deal with it. All right. You it. had your time. It was called Mother's had Day. Had your time. All right. Deal Before with we it. wrap. Before we wrap, I got a text from Mr. GQ talking about bring your favorite dad drinks, and we ain't talked about the dad drinks yet. So, let's go ahead and talk about our dad drinks before we get up out of here. Whiskey. I was about that's to say, just, what's a dad I'm, drink? I'm, I'm a whiskey guy. Whiskey is my dad drink of choice. It's, hey, it's my listen, normal what, drink of choice, but it is my dad drink of choice as well. All right, so what, what, what is that whiskey you sipping on right now? Um, This one is Old Smoky. It's a peach whiskey. Oh, Old Smoky. Good. And so there's only two. I'm a whiskey guy, too, but there's only two I drink. Jack Daniels All right. and Jim Beam. I got a brand new bottle. I am a Daniels bourbon. In, in I am him. a bourbon guy. All right? I, I don't know bourbon. about that gym. I don't know about that Jim Bean, honey. Hey, now, bro. Jim, Jim, Jim Bean, honey. A lot of people don't even know Jim Bean. That dude, real name is James. Me and my brother just call it the James because we know yeah. what time it is. Nah, Jim Bean, Jim Bean it, it, it is very good. When you get the, especially his flavors, they mix very well. I what you, what you have? What you got, It's good. Uh, my drink of choice is normally. 
a good old shout out to Pops for this one. A good old French connection. Hey, okay. educate right. him one time. Okay. Okay. What you got, bro? put me on that French connection, man. Amaretto, Disarano, whatever, whichever Amaretto you want to use, and Cognac. Yep. Typically, I'm a whiskey drinker, but I drank it so much I ain't got nothing to share, so I'm drinking those Equis. I, 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 I ain't got nothing to share. I drank it over. Yeah. I'm usually a rum drinker, so I made me a rum old fashioned. That's what I've been sipping on. So I'm old drinking the rum. Hey, yeah, hey, I'm about to, yeah, I like hey, that one. Hey, go. Okay, I'm about to try that one. Grand Marier and okay, and Sue okay. <laughs> dropping, dropping the knowledge bomb on everybody one time. That is my OG. Oh, that hey, is uh, pops right there. Hey Jay, what's the one your uh your dad bought you? That shit was the truth. Oh, the XO. Yeah, oh. the champagne and cognacs. Yeah, that 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 whole. You want, you want to know what you should stay away from? You should stay away from one five one. Oh, right? we don't. I'm you can power a generator with that. You shouldn't be drinking. My, my dad, no. my dad is down with a crew called one five one. All right, that's all they used to do. All right, is drink one five one. I had a sip of that thing never again. And another thing you don't want to drink as a dad is Everclear. Don't drink no Everclear because you want to live. You want to be forever. You want to be forever here. All right, you don't you don't want to drink forever clear. You want to be forever here. Cause uh, we used to have Everclear Fridays, and, and I don't know why I did that. Oh, hell no, yeah, crazy. I don't know. I don't know why we were doing that. And I never will. Like that's the Everclear and Jaeger are on my bucket list to never have. Like I've never had a Jaeger in my life. Ever. You can't. You yeah. can't get Everclear. <laughs> it ain't nothing you can mix with Everclear. It's gonna make it not taste like Everclear. She. You want to bet that? You want to bet that? that? You ain't you ain't been to a party at my house. I'm used to drinking it straight, so I don't care what you put it in. I'm going to taste it. I'm going to know it's there. I don't care how much juice. You, I'm going to know it's there. I'm gonna make that trash can punch, and you're gonna be like, "Man, yeah, this is good ass Kool Aid." That's some good ass Kool Aid. But I taste that motherfucking Everclear because it got a distinct taste to it. Some Omega oil, boy. No, here's a throwback for y'all. Mad dogs, mad dogs. You know, I used to, I used to be a vodka man. So I used to be a vodka. My favorite vodka is Sky Vodka to this day. Sky Vodka is right, and then and then and then Specker. Specker is fucking. That's a Specker good. Oh yeah, (laughs) Specker. That Swedish, that Swedish vodka. Mm -hmm. Oh, that thing is is good. I, I did this thing at my boy house, right? I took a Magdo 2020, an old English. Get all these wisdom bottles um, being dropped. It was Sky Vodka and Patron. And I made me a cup of it. And that thing was delicious. Did you say that, that, thing, that thing? Yeah, it was it was Magdo oh, 2020, old no. English, Patron, and uh Sky Vodka. That cup was delicious. Did my you dumb die? Ass, my dumb ass spilled it. I spilled it. <laughs> So no, I no, had no, to make you... another one. I had to make another one, bro. I don't know the portions I poured in that cup. Now the second cup tastes like throw up, bro. And I'm driving this thing. I blacked out. My best friend carried me home. That's a hard. I pass. woke up in the morning. He was there. I was like, "Thank you." <laughs> no, Troy, Troy, let me tell you, bro. There's trying to forget the night, and there's another thing trying to forget your life, bro. I don't one know what the, you had going on in that moment. One of the reasons why I stopped Jeez. drinking is because one of the reasons I stopped drinking. Was because as much as I blacked out as a teenager, bro, when I got older, I was like, man, I could have died. I and mean, you don't realize that. You don't, like, you don't realize that. I'm being serious now. Like, you don't realize. Like, when you black out and you wake up, you don't know mm-hmm. what happened that part of time. You could have killed somebody, bro. 
Like your whole life can be over in that in that moment that you black out to when you wake up the next day, your life can be over. And it's happened to people. People black out, drive home, get in car accidents. People black out, wake up, and they wipe that next to them. Like that shit happened. So growing up, I was like, yo, I gotta stop. Cause I used to black out every day. I was like, that's why I don't drink as much no more. You haven't seen me with a cup of whiskey on the show in a minute. Cause I take spurts where I'll drink a little bit. And then when I do have a cup of whiskey, bro, I'll be like that much whiskey in there and this rest of this sort. I, I drink so, I drink to my turn up level and then I tone that shit down. I'm a smoker now, bro. I became a full-fledged smoker. Yep. You about to get the I send that send that to everybody. Send that picture to everybody here so it can set the scene of the story. Mm. Go ahead and forward that real quick. I'm gonna wait till y'all get it and look at it so that y'all can see. Unfortunately, audience, y'all ain't gonna see it unless somebody hold up the camera. I ain't gonna hold up the camera. You don't know me, you don't know us very well. But, just say if goat was in, I would say give it to goat. Oh no, I'm about to, I'm about to do it. I'm about oh, to do it. Don't oh. you worry. Oh yeah, give yeah, it to I'll goat. Go, goat popping up on the screen in two seconds. <laughs> nah, I'm about to pop it up on the screen. Oh damn! I <laughs> I got the power. All right. <laughs> you ready to fight? Oh, what goat talking about? This man talking about some Everclear. I'm talking about I'm never gonna drink Everclear, but then I do some shit like I'm about to tell y'all about real quick. Hey, Everclear is my shit. Bro. Nah, I, I just can't. I just listen. I just can't get with the damn. There it is. I. So that picture. So basically, long, longest story short. To rock. Um, I, me, and one of my friends. This was at college. Me and one of my friends went off on a disappear mission, and then decided to go spend like two hundred dollars at the liquor store. That man and said then, a disappear mission. <laughs> And then the rest of my friends kind of did the same thing and we never talked to each other. So that's like $400 worth of liquor in that, in that fridge. And so we was having a party for one of my friend's birthday. Right. And so I just got to mixing all of that shit that y'all saw in a motherfucking jug. Right. Mm -mm. I'm just over here. This is after a few shots. Right. I'm just over here. And, you know, I always mix the liquor first before the chasers, whatever. And I smell, I'm just like, okay, you know, whatever. And I just happen to look up and I see my boy Dylan. He's looking at me. He's like, ugh, that look trash, right? Three Hawaiian punches. Mix that bitch in there, right? Tasted it. All you tasted was juice, right? I told these motherfuckers, I told these motherfuckers, two cup, two cup maximum. The motherfuckers that did more than two cups was like you said they could have died that night. Like I heard, I heard stories they passed out in bushes. Like I heard, like I seen, I seen videos of motherfuckers doing cartwheels up the yard. Like my boy whose birthday it was. Nah, my boy whose birthday it was he came back. So there was also a hot box party at that point in the gym. I didn't go to that shit. I stayed in the room. You know what I'm saying? I'm chilling with the music in the room, whatever. So I get a call and need help. He coming back. He's throwing up along the fucking way. Right. And then he gets back to the room and it's just like he lays down in the bed and he looks at his hand and he's just like, there's some throw up on my hand. Somebody clean it off. Somebody cleans it off. He looks at it. I was like, thank you. And then passed the fuck out. Like it was all bad for folk. Like it was all bad for folk. That's so I, I want to give a shout out to, to Goat because we say he an amateur troll, right? And GQ, you said he with the pictures and shit. He mm -hmm. just texted me. He's like, you, you, you want to fight? <laughs> like, what are you? What are you talking about? Hold on, man. He said, oh, you want to fight? 
<laughs> oh shit. Hey bro, you be wilding dog. You mean now. Yeah. I'm gonna need, hey, I'm gonna know, need that. I'm gonna need that though. I'm going to need that. I'm going to need that, too. Yeah, no, that's, that's funny as <laughs> shit. Um, so as we do get ready to wrap up, um, Mr. Noble, you want to drop your um, drop your YouTube handle, let everybody know where they can catch you on your on your gaming streams and everything like that? Oh, man. Um, shit, do I know my YouTube handle? I do not know my YouTube handle right now. So I've been but, streaming for 12 years, but I can't tell you where. But, no, no, no. I can tell you where I stream on Twitch, though. I stream on Twitch at Robert Noble. So actually, you know what? If you search Drawber Noble on YouTube, you'll probably find me there too. So yeah, Drawber Noble is the name. Streaming is the game. I'm actually about to get off here and hop right on the stream and start kicking people's ass at this new Call of Duty on this new map. So Twitch at Drawber Noble. You heard what he said. Any last words there, Mr. Outlaw Prime? Oh, no, man. It was nice being here. Appreciate y'all having me. Um, Sir. Hope everybody have a happy Father's Day. Michael, one day I hope to say it to you. Uh, DJ Michael, be any last words? Yeah, man. Uh, happy Father's Day to y'all. Uh, for most of you, I know, I know your parents, and I've seen it. For the other two, I haven't. Just knowing y'all too and hearing y'all today, I know y'all are great fathers as well. So I hope y'all are celebrated this weekend. Also, don't forget we celebrate Juneteenth this weekend. Hey. hey. And of course, like my homeboy shirt said, throughout the year I'm black, but this weekend I'm blackity black. Understand? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Troy, any last words? Uh, no, nah, this was great, man. Glad that you know we get to put some light from the sideline over here. You know, we, we get to put some light on you know fathers because we don't we don't get that uh, that much you yeah. know light put on us. But I also want to say I'm I'm gonna start streaming soon. You can check me out, just Troy on YouTube. I'll be streaming on Kick, so it's just Troy on Kick too. Uh, yes, I'll sir. be over there with some with some zombie content, all zombie content, VR zombie content, regular zombie. It don't matter. We we getting it, all right? Yeah. Bet yeah. that. So I'll close this out first and foremost by saying, "Fuck you, goat." Um, Fuck you, goat. <laughs> um, <laughs> happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. No single mothers this ain't got shit to do with you. It's only got the ones of us that got a penis to deal with. So fuck around and find out. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. I hope you guys have a fantastic Father's Day. Celebrate with your loved ones. I hope your kids keep you stress-free for the weekend. I am the one and only Mr. GQ. I am the CEO of Bonus Dads Incorporated. If you catch me next Wednesday, it will tell you that I'm the CEO of Hoochie Daddies Incorporated, but I'm trying to be nice today. So, Hey, I didn't know if y'all know, but uh, I got the, the results in today. Mari told me you are the father. <laughs> wow. Oh shit. I'm all retired. Hey, it's okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we are I'm, in, I'm incredibly offended. Fuck you, go. <laughs> when I'm in my zone, I feel like I'm alone. I feel like I'm unknown to the world that's full of clones. My originality focused on principalities broken. I'm lonely, my heart and soul to the game that's scared to pay it back. And failure is a 